To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. You can check us out at to be continued, a fanboy podcast.com. Please also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can also listen to us on our various platforms on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. To Be Continued is an adult podcast for adults by adults. We may talk about superheroes, sci-fi, comic books, and all sorts of similar crap like that, but we may use adult and frank language when we do so. This is not a podcast for kids, brothers and sisters. Enjoy. And welcome back. This is To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast covering your fanboy passions. You're not going to learn anything, but if you stick around, you just might have some fun. We are coming to you, as always, from the wonderful Pancake Studios, provided by one Jonathan Vergara. Also known as the Man Cougar. As the Man Cougar. As we as we Can we get him? Yes, yes. Look at that magnificent bun. (laughs) Look at it. And then I wanted to go with the snow leopard, but he like <laughs> he slapped that down with no. the brilliance that was. Tim was like, Cook immediately called and says, "No, you can't. You can't call him Snow Leopard. That's the name of our OS." Uh, and, is it? Uh, okay. Yeah, it is. So right. we, oh, yeah. nerd stuff. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Because yeah. you're just computer. Because you're a filthy nerd. That's right. Apple. That's right. Uh, we are back after a very long hiatus. Um, I'm not going to get too much into it. Why I was not available for any programming, but. Um, and a very terrible loss in the family, and uh, it kept me away from Pancake Studios for some time. But we are back. Uh, it was the summer of a lot of shit, <laughs> which when 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 we had to get when Ed was like like oh we're gonna get back into it. I was like oh yeah I've missed a lot, and then you gave me a lot of homework, not all of which I have successfully uh, partaken of. But I went through a bit of a crash course um, through a lot of the stuff that I missed. So like. Flash had come and gone. Well, let, let, let me just just the, the, the contradict you. While, yes, it's a lot of shit, and at the same time, not a lot of shit, because, you know, in the early days of the summer, I'm like, I've got nothing. That's true. We were also... I, I'm binging what, on Mrs. Maisel. I went through five seasons of Mrs. Maisel. <laughs> I'm rewatching Invincible. And you know, like... because in the time that... The, the, so much time has, has passed... That, uh, you know, for example, uh, Rachel Brosnahan, who played Mrs. Maisel, had been cast. And now cast as Lois Lane. And I'm like, I'm going to check this out. And like, and uh, two weeks later, I'm like, dude, I don't know what's going on. I'm I'm on season three. And this she's really right. Good. And we were a little bit. so, <laughs> But there was a lot like, unfortunately, yeah. it was still a long of time. Like I said, we had a terrible loss in my family and wasn't able to put time into this way I would have liked. But we're back now and we're trying to catch up. And uh, this episode, we are going to go over some in the new stuff that, you know, that is pertinent, that is percolating. And now and we will a couple of series up. and things that uh, that are happening. We'll, we'll do a little bit of crosstalk about Ahsoka and so on and so There's forth. There's going to be a lot of catch up because uh, things like Guardians of the Galaxy 3, Strange New Worlds, uh, Lower... Our newly found, our Luna found love and lower decks. Well, love is a strong word, but lower decks, uh, Spider Verse, across the Spider Verse. Yeah, there's we, a lot of stuff you know, that we, we need. Barbie, to catch up. by the way, which there will be a special uh, at some point that I'm that I'm looking to put together. But to, for today, we're uh, we're going to be talking about science. Science. <laughs> they blinded me with science. Um, Ahsoka. Uh, Jeremy Martin was supposed to be able to join us, our but friend unfortunately, Star Wars. He, was, he was. He's uh, um, busy. He's a busy he's man. Busy. He's got three kids and a wife. So, uh, yeah. We'll be talking about the Flash today. 
A little bit of the flash. And some other things that uh, that we rather not talk about, but we will talk about anyway. <laughs> well, I think that's the fight. You have, you said you were going to uh, discuss Secret Invasion, Secret invasion which, which, that he, which Ed had seen and I had not. And I'm going to discuss the Blue Beetle movie, which I have seen and Ed hasn't. And no one has. And uh, then the Flash film. And what is it you said that you had seen? The Flash. You had yeah, seen yeah. The Flash. So we're going to have the, you know, some discussion you, on you that. And then you decided to... To, to drop the Frasier trailer to me uh, on my phone. We're not talking about the Frasier trailer. <laughs> that, that's the thing. It's like, why is he sending me this? You know, because it's like Paramount Studio Plus or whatever. Probably was Frasier. Just, honestly, the reboot. Frasier honestly, it reboot? probably is a Frasier reboot. He sent me. No. The, he, sent, he sent me. It's done. It's in it's the can. It's, it's happening. And let me tell you, there is no, there's no Niles Crane, uh, which means there's no uh, Jane Leaves. Martin's dead, the dad. Right, so they, just, this is a well, they've, look, look, uh, look! All they've done is they turned Frazier into his dad because now it's Frazier moves back to Boston. To, why are we talking about this? <laughs> get back in your seat. We're get, we're getting back on track. I, I, anyway, <laughs> we will be discussing a bunch of things today, and we will. Discuss them starting off with uh, a little loss of uh, a, a great talent, Paul Rubens, mm -hmm. when we come back after these words from friends. Orphan Guitars. Local friend of the show, Alex, who works at Orphan Guitars, can help you find out what you're looking for, whether vintage or the right musical equipment for your needs. Brand names from Fenders to Gibsons, electric guitars, basses, guitar amps, just head over to 493 Court Street at OrphanGuitars.com. You know, John, they've also helped with the community making donations to local soup kitchens in the past. Brooklyn's coolest guitar shop. That's OrphanGuitars.com. And we're back. I had a cousin. Get busy, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I had a cousin who, um, when that came out, was a huge Pee Wee Herman fan, mm -hmm. and he used to do the dance and everything. Who, he's a few years he's few years dance? younger than me, so he was into it as a kid, kid sort of thing. And uh, oh man, did he have to hear it when Paul Rubens got arrested? <laughs> there was a there was a he lot was of, of what P P Herman jokes. Let's he just was, put it that way. He was arrested. What? Yeah. Uh, so we're we're back now. Um, uh, one of the things that we did miss was the fact that um, Paul Rubens, uh, a.k.a. Pee Wee Hermans, as everyone knows, I mean, like, we have me and Ed who are, you know, pure Gen X, and then we've got, you know, uh, the Millennial Master. Maybe the millennial master. Millennium master maybe the millennial master like over the, the snow leopard. Maybe maybe he I mean, fights the, the man cougar. cougar. I'm just you know. <laughs> millennial master by you know, day, snow cougar. Snow cougar. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but like uh, John is of uh, you know he's a he's a millennial and mm -hmm. John is aware and has some history yes. yeah. with with uh, Paul Rubens as, and who as by the way passed away on uh, July 30th and how again, old was he? How old was he? Jeez, uh, uh, he was 70. And wow! He, Leo, he, he, really? He, yeah. Uh, and again, he died of cancer. Yes. And it was a very, it was a private uh, matter. Yeah, it wasn't a thing that we were getting updates on. We, yeah. you know, um, and he had sort of, 
it's only very recently, mm. the last ten-ish years or so, that he had finally come out of like his like self-imposed like exile after you know. When it happens, um, you you and I immediately like spoke about it, and it's just it's. It was easy to talk about him because of the love that we have him. And it wasn't one of these uh, uh, situations where, oh, it's, a, it's another Rune comic who was canceled because of this, this, and this. It was Pee Wee Herman. And that meant, that meant a lot to us. I think somehow. that there, there is the, that the breadth of Rubens' is too. You know? and, and, well, 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 and well but that, you know, yeah, his stuff. Culture. But yeah. that's the other thing is like his stuff had nothing to do with another person. Let's not remember. Yeah. I mean, like, literally, it had nothing to do with another person. He was caught masturbating. <laughs> you know, and he was, you know, in a porno theater. Uh, let's, you know, let's put our foot forward. This is the truth of, like, what was the situation. That said, my personal feeling of that is, of course, is is just, like, uh... He was at in the, the porn theater. <laughs> well, I mean, it's pre-internet, it's pre-internet days, right? Mm -hmm. But even with that, everything about that situation was sort of, like, that was bad judgment on your part, Paul... You, like, even though it was pre-internet, you can get, you can go to a video store and get porno movies. And he was in the when that happened. When it happened, he was still successful. You know, it wasn't like he wasn't because the whole he did ride on this one big thing in his career. Yeah, right. But a big thing that was a marketing and merchandising yes. bonanza of yeah. epic proportions. So, like we've all seen the mugshot. And uh, he had the long hair, and the, hair. And, and the unshaven beard, right? And uh, you look at that and you go, oh, no, this is a ruined man. No, he wasn't ruined at all. He yeah. was but, oh, just well, the guy well, this, who, Well, I want to also talk about this other aspect of the wide range of Paul Rubens and what he did is that we are mostly, most of the culture is mostly just familiar with him as Pee Wee, a character that, you know, on the show is earnestly a kid's production thing, right? But its inception was actually a sort of a parody of kids. It was a thing for adults mm -hmm. making fun of the kid shows from the 50s and 60s that those, you know, you said he was 70. As a baby boomer, what he grew up with, and then by the time we get to the late 70s and the 80s, that generation is now doing, is they're satiring the stuff from, and it was from something their childhood. Like, something that was very similar to like uh, his, but his, the theater stuff that he had as Pee Wee Herman, right? The, which what the the HBO specials were based on, right? You know, um, with 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 people like in his orbit, like Cassandra Peterson, aka right. Elvira, exactly. and Phil Hartman, and so on and so forth. That was the world that he. And when you talk Improv, about him, and when you talk right. about the scraggly, like there is a punk aesthetic, a punk approach that Pee Wee had that was common in comedy, especially a lot of sketch comedy stuff at the yeah. time, which was the basis of what we got. Like you said, the groundlings and other stuff that would cause that generation of the next SNL and other sketch type artists. That's the world he can't, he comes from. So he, I don't think, he, I think he was having a great laugh about the fact that here's this thing that I created as sort of a, and now, you know, thumb, thumb in the eye of the, you know, kids programming. That's now legitimate kids programming. Then I think he got... Probably a great laugh out of like, I'm getting, you know, and now, and now I have more than enough money that, you know, when I want, I can just go out to porno theaters and jerk off whenever I, you know. My earliest, my earliest experience was, you know, growing up in Jersey with, uh, with bootleg cable 
and watching HBO specials, yeah. right? You know, and the, and the HBO specials, if you've never seen it, they're really raunchy, right? You know, in that sense. I mean, I don't think not his really thing raunchy, was super, but, but it was not for kids. Not for kids. The, the very concept is not a kid's going to get it. That's why the show he creates for CBS is earnestly an actual kid's show. They do this thing where it's like him and his buddy that was on a show, um, they, they have something called like foot mirrors, you know? And, uh, the, the lady from across the street comes over and, uh, and then they just go, they, 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 they stick the, the, the foot mirrors right underneath their skirt, yes. you know, and, you know, the, it's a good laugh. With, um, uh, which definitely with, something that would have got a me too today, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. In this, this day and age, that stuff <clears throat> would never pass. <clears throat> that said, moving on. And then the, the Tim Burton movie hits. Right. Yeah. The, and the I Tim Burton movie. My copy out. out. I am not I, I, at the time. I'm not going to say I was like, I, and again, I was not huge Pee-wee outside of like the early stuff where it was like, oh, here's the thing. And you can see once you got to the Tim Burton movie, that's that transition point of half of his foot still in the sort of like, this isn't a thing. This is has certain adult sensibilities about stuff. And then half in the, uh, no, this can be popular for among young, really young people as well. And then the final transformation when he gets the actual show where it is like, no, this is a thing where I want parents to feel safe leaving me alone with their kids for a half hour on Saturday mornings, right? We, Which is why that whole porno theater thing hit so hard. The, because people were like, oh my God. This is my babysitter. This is my babysitter yeah. thing. Exactly. And like, it's like, it's he's like just, getting the, he's just finding a, out the babysitters are heroin addicts. Or something yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and unfortunately, and that's the silly, again, unfortunately, the, think yeah. about how silly it's puritanical stupid, yeah. Reagan era yeah. America was mm -hmm. on that shit. You know, the same, the same stuff that causes this is the same sort of, um, Reason why Bill Clinton is all like, I had, you know, I smoke weed, but I didn't inhale. <laughs> and like, again, people want to put the onus on him for being a shitty, sleazy politician on that. But uh, he has to play to an audience <clears throat> that is at that time that stupid about that issue that they're like, well, I can't we can't have a president who w went to school in the 60s who smoked weed. Really? Because that's all your middle managers, that's all your vice presidents, like anyone, were they in their 20s and the 60s? Then they fucking smoked weed. Well, you got to get over Connection with the, uh, with Clinton, with the Clinton administration, um, Dee Snyder, who had a cameo in, uh, in Big Adventure. And, and yes, indeed, he and did. And we know Dee Snyder, uh, was uh, one went of the to earliest cross heroes. Swords, cross swords with Tipper Gore. With Tipper yes, Gore, yes, right. Yes, yes. Uh, by the way, the, I have to say back to the movie because, uh, the, the movie was such a big deal, right? Um, I don't know about you guys, but like the, the sexuality was very, uh, the, the, the sexuality of undertones of the movie was, was so subversive, right? Which is like, you know, here's this girl who works at a, at, at a bicycle shop. Okay. Who was like, I'm willing to give you everything. Huey. And then I he mean, goes, he stops a... her right there. He stops her right I'm there. I'm Dottie. It's like, like, you know, you don't want to be with, with me. me. I'm a rebel, you know? It's... I don't know about, I like, like, look, am I, am I gonna, am I gonna not admit that Cassandra Peterson showing up as the biker chick, who, as the biker chick. Who, who likes, like, I want to violate Pee Wee? <laughs> Was I into that? Yes. Uh, but I'm into anything that Cassandra Peterson is into. You know, <laughs> You're the into art. the perversion. Um, uh, <clears throat> he has that controversy again. He's so big, so huge. Like I said, we can't really, people now cannot understand that 
whatever kid phenomenon thing you can think of, Pee-wee was the equivalent. If you grew up with mm -hmm. Pokemon and the craze for Pokemon, it was the same thing. It was ubiquitous. Whatever you can think of trend, trendy thing that people, and that means merchandise. That means but, toys, dolls, color groups. But I guess it's groups. because it's his face, right? Because, he's he's you, here, because yeah. you know, one of, unfortunately, one of the people that played Elmo had a big controversy right, with, yeah. with an underaged... Yeah. But, you know, you don't cancel Elmo, you know, because Elmo's just a puppet. Right, yeah. Paul Rubin, Paul Rubin gets canceled because the Pee-wee and Paul Rubin's face is one in the same. Like I said, that whole yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. sense of betrayal of the parents of, yeah, like, yeah. ooh, is this guy... Meanwhile, again, going, like, look... But, like, but who said that about, uh, you know, uh, that Muppet, you know? Right, yeah, no, and and and, so, and it was easy for them to go to go past that. Whereas, yeah. as you said, him being the face of this mm -hmm. franchise mm -hmm. meant that once he was, if you you couldn't do it, you could not do mm -hmm. Pee Wee without Pee Wee. That's it, That's Paul. Right. And we go into Paul because the other thing, right? His post, his post, his, his post. You know, he lays fallow for a long time. He has more than enough money to to to, to we, get by. We, you know, it's funny though when he comes back, he comes back as the mugshot. <laughs> no, he does, right? He's not clean. He's not. Well, in all honesty, actually, actually, well, um, he, you know. What's he, that movie that he was in? He was in he Buffy was, the Vampire Slayer, the original mm. Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie, where he is fully, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. you know, he does not look at yeah. all like Pee Wee. He doesn't sound or act like Pee Wee. We couldn't stop talking about uh, uh, Mystery Men. You know. Oh, yes, yeah, things right. like Mystery Men. We, we couldn't stop talking about that because, and, and granted. Was it called The Stink, right? Or the stench, uh, something like that, something, right? Yeah, it was a whole thing about pull my finger and you know that. The, but uh, and we we just kept going out because and it, it wasn't such a heavy Paul Rubens movie per se, and nothing but, he did after was he didn't star. There were no correct. things. A lot of projects built around him, but he had goodwill. He had people wanted to you know, and people were like, "Hey, you you've done your there, time. You've done your time out. You can come back." Also, because again, essentially. What he did did not violate anyone else, mm -hmm. right? It is not Pee-wee was found to be drugging kids. No. It wasn't uh, Pee-wee was in this terribly abusive relationship with a woman and mm -hmm. he beat her. It was Pee-wee was horny one night. He went to a theater. He was drugging and it just so happened like, like, and that even, quite frankly, feels very much like a fucking setup. <laughs> what do you think is happening in porno theaters? I'm not going there to do my taxes in 1989, okay? There's one thing and one thing only I'm doing in a porno theater. And that's, you know, writing up reviews, you know, for my newsletter. <laughs> that's why I'm at the porno theater, Zed. I don't know about you. That's, but, like, like... Man Cougar newsletter. No, no. Well, my column in the Man Cougar. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, your column in the Man Cougar, Cougar right, from Vancouver. Right, right. The Air, Vancouver Airborne Vancouver. Rangers op ed. You know, anyway, we're getting right, we're getting okay. off. So he's a voice actor in Bob's Burgers. He did yeah, he yes. did he did a lot of voiceover work and everyone who worked with Tim Burton, of course, almost immediately gives him a shot when he appears in the beginning of Batman Returns. In ninety two. Nightmare before Christmas too. Now Yeah, exactly. Tim Burton is always giving him is giving him work. What I did uh you know, as soon as he passed, comedians were coming out. And just really, so he was part of a, a matrix, a certain era. Comedian's comedian, like yeah. no matter what he did, everything he was just so funny and he just loved connected. It. That when you said that groundling, that again, that era of like he easily could have been on Star Wars on, Rebels. On, 
Yeah, he did yeah. a lot of a lot of voiceover work, a lot of voiceover. I'll, work. I'll never forget. Wanted, I don't know if you heard uh, Conan O'Brien's um, where he talked about yeah account of Paul Rubens, which is like you know Paul Rubens. Uh, he was always on his show, and um, he'd like uh, uh, what Paul did was to anyone who he spoke to, he always made time for them and said would write letters and whatever. And there was and, and like um, I think it was weeks or months prior to his passing. Um, probably even years, I think. Like there was this one video that he had, that he had recorded for Conan, and Conan had just like, oh yes, put yeah. it on a shelf on the side. And then, this is pretty recent after he his, decides after to his, go his, back and he, listen he, to he it, watches yeah. it, and uh, and Conan recounts this, and and he goes to his wife and says, I can't believe, like you know, Paul records this for me and says, you know, says all the, uh, it just uh, gives me this positive, wonderful, yeah, positive affirmation uh, about who Conan is as a person you know, and they're and they're and they're, and they're French celebrating their French their Well French okay let's let's get into this and and just end this out on the fact that and he's what, from New York Yes yes born in Peekskill Pokes, Peekskill Sorry sorry he, uh, but like Paul as a person as a performer as it was in all these orbits but also not just being concurrent with your Phil Hartmans or your Cassandra Petersons let's talk about the influence that uh -huh. Pee-wee's Playhouse and Pee-wee's Big Adventure had. First, the simple fact that it kind of really makes Tim Burton's career. Yes. There is no Beetlejuice. There is no Batman without him hitching his star. And how those Hell two guys... Frank and Wiener. Yeah, Pee -wee well, was. I mean, I'm going to say... But, like, <laughs> like, the truth is, like, you can see... When you watch the beginning of Pee-wee's Big Adventure, right? And you see the, a sort of skewing suburban aesthetics part of it, where it's like, Pee-wee is this man-child who lives in this, like, this suburban world, and you're going like, the second that shit was in there, that, that like, Paul was like, this is how I see the film, Tim Burton was like, yes, I'm fucking in. Are we skewing, you know, white middle-class suburbia into the nth degree and all the tchotchkes and all the Yes! And you can see those two guys were like, this and then having linked up with that again you have tim burton tim burton and all the influence that, that that he has you have the simple fact that like i said you have your phil hartmans and stuff who were part of that before he was part of snl yeah, that's right um there is also a certain like so he's like the epicenter of a lot of genesis he's uh, he again he of there are a lot of things in orbit around him or he's he's in mm -hmm. orbit of but then there's just a sense of like what that what he's doing, that particular brand of satire parody mm -hmm. became very ubiquitous. That's sort of like, I know you're, you're not do you're, you're, there's earnestness here, but also skewering. You're also like, here are the Therefore, things. Therefore you can trace the DNA to Conan O'Brien. Yes. Right. With Conan O'Brien, which is the parody. Who is, parody who is again, who is like, I am earnestly doing a talk show. Yes. I love talk shows. Yeah. I love the history. Yeah. I love all the guys, but I'm also. A lot of my bits are We're meta fun. on what this right, right. is. We're making fun of this this traditional uh, Steve Allen. Yeah, Carson exactly, model. Right. exactly. Yeah. And Pee Wee was just doing that for what was fifties and sixties, mm -hmm. like kids clubhouse yeah. kind of like programming sort of thing. Um, a moment of silence for, for for Paul Rubens because, like I said, the influence and what he did mm -hmm. to a certain generation. Everyone is just gonna know. Pee-wee, even if they don't know Paul Rubens. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he continued on. He was, you know, he was, well, and, you know, it's an interesting story. Um, I'm not going to say I'm super, like, broken up about mm -hmm. the death of, of Pee-wee. I, I was a little 
I was just, like I said, old. you and I were old enough to be like, we kind of remember this guy from HBO specials and not really a thing of like, I think of him when I think of my childhood, but I certainly think of him when I think of my youth. Not childhood per se, well, but definitely a thing that was very big and all over the place when I was younger. I think um, in the world of comedy, um, it's like you, you and I, when we think about comedy and lost comedy, we think of guys like Phil Hartman, right? You know, you and I say all yeah. the time, like, Phil's going to be the guy that we were supposed to grow old with. I always say that. That's what I, that's and literally what I thought with the day he died. Yeah. Paul is a whole different category unto itself. Yeah, but know? as I said, not necessarily that super personal for yeah, you because right, we're not, yeah. we didn't grow, like, you and I were not, I have to see Pee-wee's Payhouse. Right, 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 right. If it was on, sure, and you know, you know, little, you probably checked it out the yeah. first time. You're like, oh, Pee Wee's, yeah, oh yeah, the guy, that guy Pee Wee's getting a movie. Okay. We would have never gotten Morpheus <laughs> without Pee Wee's Playhouse. I look, <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne probably shed some manly tears <laughs> when he found out Paul Rubens died because he's like. That man paid off my mortgage, <laughs> and not, and I, you know, joking, but yeah, he was probably he's like, he was like, look, I wasn't getting other work, you know, you know, I got this thing, a regular thing, network residuals, right. like <laughs> Pee Wee set up Lawrence early on before he had his his Matrix money, okay. <laughs> so uh, again, yeah, a moment of silence for Paul uh, for the passing of uh, Pee Wee Herman, aka Paul Rubens. And we will be back after these words from friends. Make a lick a high, make a lick a high, ho. <laughs> to Be Continued Fanboy Podcast was also sponsored by Pancake Studios. You know, To Be Continued Fanboy Podcast, we were born here at Pancake Studios, and for the past five years, we have called this place home. Pancake Studios has come a long way from offering just audio services. They now offer Dolby Atmos and surround sound mixing, video recording, production and engineering, a full range of photography servers, and sound design. It is your one-stop shop media production services. Go to pancakestudios.net. Orphan Guitars. Local friend of the show, Alex, who works at Orphan Guitars, can help you find out what you're looking for, whether vintage or the right musical equipment for your needs, brand names from Fenders to Gibsons, electric guitars, basses, guitar amps, just head over to 493 Court Street at OrphanGuitars.com. You know, John, they've also helped with the community making donations to local soup kitchens in the past. Brooklyn's coolest guitar shop. That's OrphanGuitars.com. All right, and we're back. I just want to say, Mecca Hecka Hi, Mecca Heine Ho. The beautiful part about that is <laughs> you can, you can, for most songs... You can just interject those lyrics, and it kind of still works. It, it just works. becomes a nonsense <laughs> song, you know. I know. I'm, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head right now. Make it like a high, make it like a high. Hecka, hecka. Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. Yeah, we exactly. just made a. We just right now, right now. Record right pay now. us, pay right, us. Right. Um, so uh, next on the agenda, Edward is the writer's strike. <laughs> Shut it down! We're Shut done. it all we down! Do we can't do this. We're down! Shut it! <laughs> we are... Uh, okay, Ed, I'm just going to have to get this one right away because we're, we're a piss-ant little know-nothing know podcast, true. so I'm just going to say this right now directly into the camera. <clears throat> this is non-scripted. 
fuck you, Bill Maher. Fuck you, oh, long. Wow. And fuck you, hard. Wow. It's not a brave thing to say. He's he's completely, utterly meaningless in the, in the, in the wider cultural context. Sure. He is. It's not. I'm not because who am, I ta- who am I taking on now with fucking Bill, Bill Maher? Maher? What about yeah, exactly, that? exactly. His opinion. Bill Maher from DC Cab. <laughs> Hold on, there, fool. But no, seriously. Um, look, you and I were talking about the whole thing at the beginning of the summer of. Wow, we're not really excited. There's not a lot to do. And then, like, the writer strike happens, and it's like, and now maybe nothing new will come out. We've been saying for months. But what about Demi Moore? You what can't about- say F you, Bill Maher, without a. Uh- Demi no, Moore. Drew, Drew Barrymore. Oh, Drew, ba- oh, Drew Barrymore. <laughs> right, right now, <laughs> Demi Moore's like, like, what the fuck did I do? Uh, we've been saying for months and, you know, since our last show, like, uh, Hey, did you see this? You know, maybe we should see that, you know, because, uh, oh, and then, well, like, uh, can you imagine what's going to come out next? Oh, stuff might not be coming for a while because things are going to get, dates are being pushed. Uh-huh. Things are, things are, you know, rescheduled. I mean, for, uh, for me, the biggest one is Andor. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, the, you know, I'm just, you know, because listen, Ed is all like Miguel. I mean, I get it. <laughs> I mean, he's a Hispanic lead. He's in a Star Wars show. He sort of looks Listen, like your dad. Yaba. <laughs> I cannot talk about Yaba because the writer's strike is on. Listen. You know? Yaba, I said. <laughs> he has, look, just look at this. He has a very particular way of saying Jabba. Jabba. Yaba. That's what I said. No, no. Yaba. I said Java. Java. Java with a Y. You know? I mean, <laughs> anyway, that's right. You said, you say Yankees, I say Yankees. What's Yankees. the big deal? Exactly. Um for for me, Andor is a big thing because it's it like with a strike, even once it gets solved, then it becomes a crunch time of mm-hmm. we gotta get these out, how long? So like it is absolutely if you are a lover of entertainment right now, it sucks. I am just going to make the argument here that while, yes, there are some productions, Bill Maher himself Mm -hmm. falls under the sort of like, oh, hey, um, I'm going to have to basically pay my writers out of pocket because I have, you know, my contracts with HBO or XYZ. You know, there are a lot of people like Bill Maher who are not billionaires, but are pretty wealthy on their own. Let's not pretend. Guys like Bill have more than enough money. And then Bill's got the double thing of he's also, quote unquote, one of his own writers. Still, you have some people like Bill right now trying to like, oh, maybe we should, you know, let's settle this. Let's not. And it's like, look, at this point, Hollywood content creation is not an elite thing anymore. The explosion of the Internet has caused an explosion of production of things, which requires all the things that production requires from craft services to performers, to writers, to logistics and all the rest of that. This, so wait, so this is not just a, oh, those, those, uh, you know, um, coastal elites, uh, these rich people in the entertainment business trying to ask for more. No, this is writers and other people who are like, um, do you do you want the fruits of my labor? Pay me. And it 
it's annoying to us as consumers because we are, you know, again, this is this is film and TV and we're so emotionally involved in these storylines and narratives. But behind all of those things, every single production you see is people did that and people need to eat. They need health care. They need all of those things. And it's not like Here, here's, these studios or other people are are are. Here, they're not starving. They're here, not on the, the verge of bankruptcy. All of them, here's how close ho to home this stuff hits. Right. By the way, the, the strike started. Um, the the WGA, uh, the strike hit May 20th. It's, so we're going on four months with this. Um, my neighbor right next door, Abuelo, who lives next door, Ralph, and his daughter, Jessie, yeah. and, and Jessie's partner, they are um, they're with the union. And what they do is they, um, Lance, who's the partner, um, he is a union captain. And what they do is they build the sets, right? Okay. You know, and uh, because here in New York, um, there's a lot uh, of video and there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, they most recently did some work with uh, I forget what whatever Luis Guzman is filming. They're fr he's friends with him. He's friends with. <laughs> I just him. whatever Luis Guzman is doing. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> hey man, you get yeah. Hey, hey man, I got a baby shower now. <laughs> Jesse. Um, Abuelo's daughter, you know, like who I grew up with, um, she she's a driver. She's a van driver. So she's on the lower rung uh, when it comes to the. Uh, with, but this the is affecting those things. Yeah. And, you know, it's been four months of not making any money. Right. And uh, and now it's just like, you know, it's always every time you hear it. Just yesterday I saw C CNBC. Oh, they're really close to an agreement. But it was always like. Cynical, right. cynical view of like, oh, you know, God knows how long this is going to go. And look, because as, as, there's Netflix won't yeah, pay that, residuals. Right. And this is the thing. Uh, look, it's annoying, but also in terms of the impact on real people's lives, it is happening. Yeah. The cessation um, of these things that, that you can't do. thing about that is, and this sounds shitty, it really does, but um, sorry. Here's the truth. Any collective bargaining in this country on anything that affects a large amount of people is always going to be disruptive. That's the point. I mean, that that, that is just the point right there. La labor and its negotiations with capital. The point is, yes, you can't do this without us and we're going to be disruptive and it might. And that's always going to it's always going to be a tension within trying to enact any kind of progressive pro-union stuff because the one of the biggest you know arrows in their quiver a strike is disruptive and can often cause bad feelings in in the wider society but as i said this is no longer an elite thing like look like you said you have a connection to someone you're not big time right. hollywood producer but you hey, i have some my literal neighbor makes their makes a big part part of their income from Product showing again how big this is and how much big of a slice of a pie is being kept from the workers because it is something very large and the people in charge of the money could definitely afford to have a lot of more large. And large the ones guests. that are in charge of the money, there's this, there's always these these really um, these ridiculous notions of like you know uh, when it comes to technology, AI for example, yeah, right? you know like like oh AI is gonna going to come to our rescue it's going to save our hides it's going to be able to do and there's been some experimentation already but there's going to be displacement and uh, displacement 
uh, you know, later on, we're, I'm going to get to talk about Secret Invasion. There was this whole big stink about the intro to Secret Invasion because it was it, they used AI to to do this elaborate, you know, oh, uh, not animation. The, right. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And, and they were like, and because of the whole rights issues of AI, right, art, you know. it's like, oh, and but by the way, I was about to say, you were saying like the Secret Invasion, that was obviously written by ChatGPT. <laughs> 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 they tried. I mean, it was close. It, it felt like Marvel. I mean, it felt like Marvel. That's true. The problem was that they had to edit out all the motherfuckers because the programming was like Samuel Jackson's in this, so every third word's got to be motherfucker. And they were like, ah, oh, that's a bit of code we're going to have to. But anyway, um, look, I like I said, we we all have like projects that we want to see. Mm -hmm. Me personally, at this point, give me the yabba. Yeah, look, I I, well, I want Andor. I, I want Andor. Uh, you know, like, but. I want Andor to have health care. And Andor... <laughs> listen, listen. Okay. My 401k... Andor. My 401k has not been doing very well. <laughs> I want the guy working in the dock in the I scene. I want Andor to have health care. Exactly. I, I, and so, look, that my my own personal two bits on it, I don't think we really have much more to say after this, because oh, we're not uh, solving it, you know? Oh, no, but, uh, you know... Yes, Man Cougar? Hello, I'm Man Cougar. <laughs> No, I work for this uh, this comedian named uh, Marina Franklin. Okay. And she's a writer and an actress. And she was telling me it's killing her. Yeah. She's like, I I barely have money to pay rent now. and that, uh, But it's a good thing that she's a stand-up comedian because she... Has to, something else. She to... does a lot of uh, the, spots. The... And she told me on one day she did five spots. Wow. Just so she could, you know, pay. And again, this is the thing about it. Like, it is disruptive. It does, like, let's not... Whenever progressive leftist types, you know, like, we should strike! And it's like, the reason why those things are memorable moments in history is because it's not a thing you do lightly. Yeah. And if there you is, don't do it for fun, you don't do and it for light. Yeah. Yeah. And there is yeah. a and there is blowback. There yeah. is a price to pay in longer run for a lot of things. That said, I myself am for this. I think that uh, just to get super political, look, um, we had a teacher strike um, a few years back, and that's sort of been the beginning. Of and we had an MTA strike. Yeah, where not, where not we have right where oh, labor yeah. is starting to flex its muscle in this country again. Mm -hmm. And even though sometimes that might be disruptive, it is absolutely, in my opinion, it's what necessary. is needed. It yeah. is necessary for us to get and move along to the next step. We That's have had we have move. had fifty yeah. years of labor taking it on the chin. We have had fifty years of labor getting their benefits cut, pay their their bargaining power Inflation. brought down to all of that. Oh, yeah. So more now more than ever, in my opinion, that is the time, and that could be a potential for good, re you know, a but robust. Rebirth in this country, but hopefully it's a high tide that raises all ships. Uh, a, a redistribution of wealth is what we're talking about. I mean, uh, the WGA eleven really. eleven thousand five hundred eleven thousand five hundred um, people who are currently not working, um, and uh, John Campy, they've got this one girl um, who I think she's she's a writer, and she's like, listen, yeah, a lot of uh, your average writer. They first off, in order to to get the health premiums, it, yeah. the basic twenty seven thousand dollar health premium. Okay, well, we don't have to go into all of that. All, all well, of that. But, 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 no, that's the thing. 
your average writer doesn't even make that much. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah this, this is not, people all want to frame it as, like I said, it's not a coastal elite thing. It is, this is an industry, it employs a fuck ton of people, mm -hmm. and people who give their labor they're, they're want, their, <laughs> want their wealth. Again, yeah, what, yeah. meanwhile, you have these CEOs and these companies in general that yeah, are making exactly. money hand over exactly, fist. Yeah. Oh, you know, look, I'm not going to say, I don't think we should say any more other than like yeah, a general yeah. support of it. And it sucks, but yeah, we don't, we don't have to get, this is what is necessary. Right, this right. is 100% was necessary. I don't think we have anything more to say oh. and we will uh, come back <laughs> with the next item on the list, which is, um, Ahsoka. I'm going to talk a little bit about Ahsoka after these words from friends. Ghost Dog Studio. Another friend of the show, or should I say the mother uh, to be continues a fanboy podcast website, Tamara, runs Ghost Dog Studio. From film scoring and editing where imagination, sound, and ideas converge. That's ghostdogstudio.com. Go to ghostdogstudio.com. And, and we are back. Okay, Ahsoka, Disney Plus. Let's Filoni Star Wars. Talk about this show. Edward, you must understand. We haven't done a show in a long time. Do you hear that? When I was it's starting podcasting, Ed. The Force is talking. Okay, um, what we just, and scene. What we just did there was... <laughs> I, this is I'm I'm gonna go hard on this, Ed. I really am. An approximation of every single episode of Ahsoka does not a scene in Ahsoka that doesn't have an action sequence in it. Ahsoka is a long time. Well, it's been awaited for a while. This is a character who has had a interesting history, starting out in the animated Clone Wars, you know, movie created by George Lucas. Now finally crossing over into live action when she was in. Her animated form, she had a little a, a, a little rough start. Um, the sort of like idea of like, here's this character. Oh, Darth Vader had an apprentice no one ever effing heard of before, and now we're gonna get their adventures in the Clone Wars. And there was a lot of that was a lot of attitude on that at the start. And she eventually wrapped the audience around her finger. They developed her more to the point where she's popular enough to get this show. I'm saying this right now. We are how many episodes? Six episodes into the show, right? With two more left, in the same amount that Obi Wan had. <laughs> Obi Wan had eight episodes, right? I, I'm going to wait. I'm going to say Bernie Sanders. Just wait. I am just saying this right now. At this point, six episodes in. Six episodes in. This is as good as the Obi Wan show was. I don't care what anyone says. Um, and the, and if you if You'll anyone wants wait, wait if anyone if anyone, hear my if anyone wants to come back and look at our ep when we were reviewing Obi Wan, I think I'm consistent because I kept saying it was kind of like this is nice stuff, it's cool stuff to see, but when it was finished, it was, eh, it was like this wasn't terrible, it wasn't offensive, it didn't destroy Star Wars and everything. There was a lot of great stuff in Obi. -Wan. And a lot of good fan service. A lot of good fan service. A lot of good, like again, just like good scenes, good dialogue moments, 
on. But, but an overall. But art overall, show, you yeah. didn't care. You came. You it went one in here and out the other. Are they gonna do season two? Uh, are they right? No, they're. I, I think as far, as far as I know right now. Wait. So, ads now again. It could turn around. It could turn around, Ed. It could be like super great <laughs> in the last two episodes. But as we said, there's a lot of. Folded arms, which I do agree. Portentious the first three things. episodes were, in my opinion, sloggy because there was a lot of setup, there was a lot of exposition. Um, by the way, you know, um, I think I from, the, the, from the first, have you been watching it? By the way, have yeah. you been watching it? I wish. Okay, so the the first few episodes, by the way, women love the show. You know, there's a there's a there's a good amount. There's stuff to recommend about it. That um, is one of those things that it is a very female led, female centric show. My 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 best friend who's also been watching the show, like I've never like my my best friend Ian. He's he uh, I've never known him to be really into this aspect of Star Wars. He likes Star Wars. Well, hold on. But all of a sudden, he became a Rebels fan because of the of the show. Hold on, I thought I thought I was your best friend. <laughs> you're you're no, my younger no, no, you're my young you no i'm kidding man cougar younger yeah, brother wait i thought i thought he was your best friend moving on <laughs> sorry the monkey wrench had to throw a bunch of monkey moving wrench. on so um and he's sending me like internet re internet reactions okay. of so he's into it right? he's in well internet reactions of the show it's like oh my god two beautiful women who are just at each other like i'm getting I'm getting so Sounds turned like on, right? Yeah, now. exactly. Sounds like Ian's into it for a lot, many reasons, but nothing well, Star Wars related. I won't disagree with that. But <laughs> uh, so, like, I feel like um, it has a very broad appeal. Not like some things that are, that do appeal to us, some things that don't. Um, uh, as far as the pushing the narrative forward, I agree. Way early into the episodes, it's well, like, where six, are you moving into six this? Six episodes into the season, the majority of the show has passed, and the biggest thing that we've got is a lot of these portentous speeches and no, interesting ideas. No, 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 wait, I, I wait, disagree wait. that there's that... interesting ideas. There's certainly interesting stuff, but let's talk again. This story—that's that's what I think about. This moving slow. That's what glasses. I think about these ideas. These ideas are, um, you like. Martin, Martin. Uh, unfortunately, he he's not a he's, he couldn't talk today, but uh, he was like, "Oh my God, Filoni can do no wrong." Now, Martin, we know you, Martin. That Jeremy, ha you have your biases. You, you have your biases, right? And you know? any fan like that will. I'm just saying, on its own, the the only thing that I is coming away so far for the show is, as we said, it's not pretentious. It's all portentous. Right. It's portentous. It's, it's Everything is supposedly dripping with these meanings that I don't think is supported for well, by what's happening on screen, Let, what's let's, happening on the show. Let's get, let's get a little nitpicky. Um, uh, Sabine Wren, mm -hmm. right? From which, from Rebels, we know we knew her as like the young... Um, the young Mandalorian artist warrior. Yeah. Artist warrior. And uh, we're not sure where she stands with this whole thing with Ezra. At this point, it's like, I got to find Ezra. I got to find Ezra. Like, I've been brooding for the past few years because Ezra, as we learned from where, where we last saw him, he saved the universe. We, well, from, he's, he's, he, he, he took Thrawn off the off the table right for a while. Okay? Um, and... From this last episode, he she does finally find him. Now right. that's it. She she's been going through. Um, well, on top of 
a, hey, I was a, uh, I was, I, I was, um, Ahsoka's okay, secret. Okay. See, this is again, yeah. like, okay, if we just get the show is set during what the the third season, second or third season of of the Mandalorian. It is a post Return of the Jedi world. And it is, so we're eight years after, eight-ish years after Return of the Jedi. Okay. One of the big issues with this show has is that it, just like people talked about Bo-Katan in The Mandalorian, where age doesn't really make any sense, where they are in their life doesn't make any sense, and it's just like, well, we wanted this character from Clone Wars Rebels to be in this show, and we don't care about that. And I guess with Bo-Katan, I think that it worked that way. You didn't, as much as you were like, how old is she really supposed to be? You, it was easier to hand wave it away for me. It was just like, whatever, she's matured, and they're showing her as, as. Sabine has a huge problem in this show that, two big problems. Problem number one for me is, the sort of like, oh, we want her to be a young, hip, cool ca- type character, you know, a rebel. Like, and it's like, no, that's not who she should be. She was 19, 20-ish years old when Rebel started. And that's years before the beginning of the Battle of Yavin. So she spends five years in the, she spends five years fighting the war because a grizzled veteran of the war. And then another eight years as an officer in the Republic. She can't be a callow youth who needs all this training. That doesn't make any sense. They just wanted to drop a live action version of a Rebels character into this. Second is the other part. The big portion of this show, which is supposed to be, which I liked, I told you, we never get to see the female mentor and, you know, the female apprentice thing too, too much in genre fiction. And I would, Love. And I agree. Got, that we stuff, actually that got stuff it. gets but jammed wait. into you, in, and it's into jammed you. into there because it comes out of nowhere. We it's in order not to a thing. It's a not a tension sta- with yeah. master and apprentice. Yeah, I I completely agree. And, with and, that. But more importantly, the the thing is, we'd never get any inkling of it in exact. It's just dropped in our lap with with dialogue with exposition. That's oh it. hey, we used to be master and apprentice. Okay, no one remembers that. Oh hey, there was a big falling out of our adventures afterwards. Okay, we didn't see that. And now you want me to invest all this time in that relationship. That's it. That I, I don't have... Give me a flashback. I don't have that much of an issue because uh, um, Kanan had given her some training. Um, then from, f- from then fine. Then let's do know. some flashbacks with, with Kanan. Let, how about this? How 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 about let's bring... Which I in- did say, like, like we haven't gotten those those flashbacks, you know. And, we're, and, Prince we, Jr. and we aren't going to. <laughs> and we aren't going to. Because everything else in this show has proven right. they, like, they could do a lot of things that would help that at least... Like, if we have gotten just a couple of... A handful of flashbacks of this was Ahsoka and Sabine's relationship. And this is why there were these problems. This is why... Bu- 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 this, that said, what I do like, though, is um, the notion of because Sabine Wren, she's she's always been because she's of she's Mandalorian. Um, Mandalorians they do things that are just like just out, like just out of this world uh, as as far as their fighting ability, you know. Okay. Sabine Wren, who by the way has wielded the dark saber, yeah. you know, like she's a force. She is a force to be reckoned with. And I wish this show showed that. 
she doesn't, again, they keep going to this sort of, no, Ed, they keep going to a characterization of she needs to learn. She's young. Like, again, that whole, like, don't give him the map. Here's the thing. Is a lesson. Well, hold on, man. She's, I mean, she, took Ed, out, uh, she took out a small cadre of, of marauders. Yeah, okay. I mean, come yeah. on. No, but no, Ed, that is not, but there's still, the presentation is Without still, the helmet, by the yeah, way. Yeah, the presentation is still young. She's not a young go-getter character. She spent 13 years so far as a soldier in the Republic. She's not the young go-getter. If, if you want to make her the grizzled badass, rather than I need a teacher to, 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 to because I'm a young... She's not. And that's the other thing. The age of this actress is not congruent to where this character would be at this point. That I do agree. You know, okay. make her... A, you, you cast that... With an actress who is definitely in their 30s, right? And guess what? That character suddenly would become I'm more, more robust, I'm stronger more like, on screen. I'm more of, you know, if you're going to give me um, some type of conflict between her and Ahsoka, then then look, let's get into that. Let's get like, give but me yeah, more that's of that. Then they haven't really they haven't talked about it. Now let's get into yeah. Ahsoka. I talked to you about, you know, they had, you know, their big... Anakin Skywalker episode, mm -hmm. right? So we have an episode where she battles Balin Skull, she loses, and she's she got to get herself. She's got to get the hero's got to pick themselves up moment where, oh, hey, she meets Anakin in the world between worlds. And we get everyone loves that because, A, we got to see Aiden Christensen as Anakin. Oh, we got to see the world between worlds. And obviously, Filoni really seriously, like, no, no, no. This is an aspect in Star Wars we're going to explore and do stuff with going forward. That's great. It's great to see the Clone Wars in live action. It's great. The actress they picked to play Ahsoka, a young, wonderful. What was that scene about, Ed? We can get into that. We can get into that. What What, what was it about? Uh, it's a metaphorical redemption. <laughs> For look, what? Look, no, 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 because look. it is... It's great that she has that sequence with Anakin. The I, dialogue, this is what I said. This is what I said. My question is, what was her, at what point from the beginning of the show until that point, was there any intimation that Ahsoka needed a, a, a pick-me-up talk? Here, here's the Ahsoka thing. Ahsoka Here, needed to read re the, the Ahsoka character herself. overall, Rosario Dawson's Ahsoka, does um, throw things off for me because I'm like, are you not... Uh, this badass warrior, are you, you know, because it seems to me that Ahsoka as a character has been through, she's turned into, at this point, according to what the internet has said, they likened her as like Gandalf, Gandalf the White, Gandalf right? You the know, right. Yeah. which you've already transcended something. You're no longer how a traditional and that's Jedi. The, that's the how many times has this character transcended? Because now we're all back. Now we're starting. So now back, that's it. We're starting back to one. Episode one was a great scene where she fights these droids, right? You know, and then her, her grabbing the map. And then, of course, there's a lot of like, this is, I'm going to talk like this every single time that I'm Everything on screen. Everything is and, You know, and what do you think? Hu Yang, Doctor Who, you yeah. know. Uh, by the way, Dave Tennant, great. Yeah. Wonderful. I love him in this. Now, okay, so. Um, and then you have that episode with Hayden Christensen. And uh, and it's like so you're dealing with inner uh, what? inner doubt. Right. What's going on? Because Where was that in every episode up to that point. Yeah. Where do we get the sense that, wow, Ahsoka's really struggling with something here. Now, that said... She's always arms crossed there, and very... There's this one line that 
that uh, young Ahsoka says to to Anakin, it's like you know, it's like you're 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 going to turn into something far more um, far more powerful and dangerous. And he's like, is this what's it about? Maybe the concern. This is just me. Maybe the concern is like you know, I'm the legacy of Darth Vader. You know, maybe there's maybe there's some kind of like in, uh, like inner workings well, there. Again, there should have been something about that before. There should have been something. It's, well, it's here and now, you know, for Pete's that she is. And we've always That's... known this. It's like you are. OK, Ahsoka, now that she's in flesh. She is also, yes, the uh, uh, the uh, Darth Vader's legacy and and uh, if not greatest apprentice who's ever lived. Right. Well, but, OK, here's my here's here's again. This, is, this goes into so. What part of the show thematically or anything going on was about her needing to reframe that or her fears or this? I don't think yeah, and the I'm character with you on that part. got anything from it. We don't hear. It slowed we, it down. We don't and then, and then we have this other part, which is how many times are we going to do the I have like I have transcended the Jedi. No, I haven't transcended the Jedi. Like, I am not a Jedi. Well, my master says that anyone can be like anyone can be. And you're a Jedi. And you're a Jedi. Anyone can be a Jedi <laughs> well, as is, long that, as you think that you're doing good and you're that is whatever. The thing, right? Because her character, Ahsoka, the character, has said, "I'm no Jedi. multiple times I'm no Jedi." Right? And uh, the way she's marketed is a, a you know, rebel, rogue, Jedi. Right. Je I, and I don't have a problem with her, the idea of her being a former Jedi who is still because she's trained and all that stuff. And this could be interesting. Look, we that, get, th that leads us into uh, Balin and his that, apprentice And I was just going to bring that up. And that said, it's, here uh, you have this brand new character, Balin Skull. Um, General Balin Skull. General Balin Skull, played by the late Ray Stevenson. Yeah, it's going to suck um, if he lives seriously. I'm sorry. Not, 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 to be, not to make light of it, but it is. It's going to suck if that character lives. Recast. And it's Who? not Ray Stevenson though, because and he's he is doing he's one of the better things in this show, yeah. at least from the sense of like, and most confusing it's too. Not confused. Well, no, yeah. he, he's intriguing. He begs questions that you want answers to, whereas a lot of the other stuff here, eh, not so much. I mean, dude, like, like I'm surprised that you're because you're you're harsh on a lot of, a lot of things, but you're not as harsh with. Bail with with Balin Skull. I think again because it's you want to see like it. Opens like, no, up no, you're new willing. Things. You're willing to wait to see what kind of cool shit this guy this guy's gonna do in the future. Part of it, but also again inherent to the ideas what we they've done things that have intrigued me. Mm -hmm. How he talks about the Jedi Order, the vague, I want to break the cycle. The vagueness of what it is he's actually after. Yeah. Um. The fact that he is the he is the true. He is the real. No, no, no. He, him, and Ahsoka, at least when the show started, because now again they've gone back. Oh, I'm a Jedi again. Were the purest forms of like what a Ronin Jedi has mm, to be yeah. in the world, yep. or or perhaps as Balin said it, some damn Boken Jedi, Scott Farrow. <laughs> again, cool ideas, stuff that's adding to the lore. Um, you want to know what his place in it was, and also cool, including the Witches of Dathomir. Some of the stuff breaks canon to a degree, or at least adds elements that were like, well, that 
That's against what was said before, because now, okay, the witches of Dathomir come from outside the galaxy rather than being a offshoot of the Jedi. But that's Which fun. is why, at this point, I'm whole hog in because, again... New like, cool stuff. New cool stuff. I've, by the way, as a fan of uh, Jedi Survivor and, 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 and the game before that, um, where a character like Hal Kestis, he's got a... You know, a Dathomir witch night sister girlfriend. You know, like those are cool things. And this stuff has been, it's cool, it's expansive, it allows you to like again. Just more than anything, at this point, the Avengerizing of the of Filoni's Star Wars is becoming more real and real to me. It's like at some point, oh, you know, you've got um, uh, uh, Ezra, you've got um, Ahsoka. Sabine, as, Cal Kestis, they're coming right, together. Cal Kestis and, you know, Cal Katarn, um, uh, Quinlan Voss. Yeah. You could get into whole things that do, are very tied into the whole Night Sister stuff from, from Clone Wars Rebels. And that's great. I wish we didn't have to spend six episodes to get to this point. And most of again. But you're at this point, and Grand Admiral Thrawn, he's there. Great again, you know. Great entrance, and the, and Mads the glare Nicholson he looks gives. Great, the glare he gives Balin. It's like yes, hmm, I see, hmm, I see. Okay, I guess. <laughs> um, and he's doing, and that's great, as you said. The whole like, w- 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 here is a apparently a the, like the lost legion of the Empire, right? And they've been in this other place for a very long time and they're held together by like duct tape, duct tape. and like a cult-like <laughs> devotion to Thrawn. Awesome. All that is great. Again, and three witches are like in the background and they're- And we're, what's like, going on here? Now, okay. I, I, which is why I love your, I, I love the uh, the notion of zombie troopers at this point. I'm, I'm, I don't I'm know exactly, like, like that was one of the things about why when Ahsoka um, killed Marok, that we had all that- Oh, who yeah, is American yeah. Sam Witwer? <laughs> oh, it's going to be Starkiller, all the rest of that stuff. But when he did die, it was like, it was, what was that all about? And it looked a lot like, snapped like his, his like his, he, he turned into a mist, a green mist. Right. And all of that is very much in line with, with the, like, uh, Clone Wars Rebels version of the, the of the Dathmere, of the Night Sisters and their ability to like create zombies or, or like reanimate life in some fashion. And now you've got like, if Thrawn was trapped on the other side of the, you know, in, in another galaxy, but, right? And and his men are dwindling and he's in, he's with people who have necromantic abilities. He's probably going to be like, hey, could you, could you raise up some of my, you know, who's it, what's it? Now, I don't know if those things that they're loading onto his ship are necessarily stormtroopers or if those are night sisters or something force related, but I think we're going to see zombie army. Okay. And again, oh, that's cool. By the way, that's, that's uh, cool stuff. Night, the Night Sisters, they were, were they conceived by Lucas or by Filoni? Neither. Because I know that. Initially, um, we've seen the Doug Chang drawings of the okay, Night Sisters we, we, from way back. Initially, right. this all goes back to EU. Okay. This is from, um, if I remember correctly, and I believe I am, is Courtship of Princess Leia, that novel. Okay. And that novel introduced the idea of. Originally, the original conception of Dathomir is, oh, hey, here is this planet that was used to exile people for a long, for, you know, before, the, you know, before the Republic, during the Republic, after the Republic. And the Jedi used it as well. And they sent a female Jedi there uh, as a punishment. Notice it's not death. It was exile. And they were like, you're going to think about what you did. It was basically that. And she 
landing on this planet, which had a small population of, of people as well, kind of takes over because she's a force user and for, and basically founds this whole society that she bases somewhat on Jedi teachings. And I think what's very interesting about this, we're getting a little deep in the weeds here, but bear with me. Her whole like philosophy, the biggest and most important thing she said was never cede to evil. Kind of letting you think whatever reason she was exiled there, it wasn't she went dark side and rogue mm. and she killed people. It was some deep philosophical disagreement with the Jedi Council or the Jedi philosophy as a whole to which she she and decided I'm never going to leave and I'm going to put my stamp here. The people who learned the force my way must keep in mind, never cede to evil. And you felt that was the tension between her and the Jedi. And then slowly as, you yeah, know, hundreds of years else, yeah. pass, they develop their own methods mm -hmm. of using the force and they go into different clans and stuff. The Night Sisters were not the only witches of Dathomir. Mm -hmm. They were one of a bunch of different clans. Now, in when we get to Clone Wars and Rebels, Lucas apparently liked what had been developed in this novel, The Witches of Dathomir, for, for The Witches of Dathomir. And it was like, let me take that. He changed it what it was from EU a little bit. You know, that's where we get the whole inclusion of Maul mm. and all yeah, the rest yeah, of that yeah. stuff. And quite frankly, when I was watching this episode of Ahsoka, I was thinking to myself as I was watching it, because again, there's good stuff. And this was, this is very, we're getting into a very Dune feel. Secret society, secret matriarchal society, yeah. mm -hmm. okay, um, who are who want to be the real power in the universe, all this mystical stuff, the, you know, political tensions and alliances mm -hmm. and things. A lot of manipulation of... Yeah, uh, of but again, pieces, you, you right. can even look at the Clone Wars Rebel yeah. era of, of when they were using the Night Sisters, right. and it was all about breeding and yeah. our males and also... So, you can, there's there's stuff that was like oh that's we, cool that's evocative which that's oddly you know uh, in the video games from what I know um, Dathomir you go to this planet the Night Sisters they are they're pretty much close to being extinct right they're they're just one character who well in who, the who, who's who's the, the Empire Darth Sidious tried to wipe out at least the yeah, Night yeah. Sisters yeah and again that was the thing the changes in in where. In Rebels, they kind of said, well, all of the Witches of Dathomir are all Night Sisters, mm -hmm. right? And there's been some rolling back of that where they're kind of like, well, we never explicitly said, but they do get wiped out by Darth Sidious before he becomes the Emperor, right? Mm -hmm. So whether Dathomir is totally dead or they're still like, no, the Night Sisters got killed, but all the other clans, we're still around and we're we're still, you know, running. And you but know, now like we get into the weirdness of what that a retcon in the origin saying, no, 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 at least the Night Sisters are from another galaxy, mm -hmm. or at least traveled to another galaxy and had, you know, extensive... And there begs this whole know. question of like, uh, okay, Morgan Elizabeth, like, what is her angle? Is she really serving... Um, Thrawn, Thrawn? Or is she serving the Witch's death? Exactly, right, you know, and so there's 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 lots of questions that are... And that's, where, and that's why I'm whole hog in, willing to... Hand wave all that Hand wave, like, the first three episodes, at least, you know. Um, and I'm still really enjoying, I personally enjoy, yet with some, a lot of question marks, uh, where they're taking Sabine Wren. You know, it's like, um, again, like I said before, 
there's a there are a lot of female fans at this point who are just loving this. Uh, uh, to quote, it passes the Bechdel one, one of one of one of the hashtags out there, useless suffix. Okay. Right, where where Sabine and uh, what's um who's who's the other girl, um uh Hera? No, 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 the um uh, Ray Stevenson's uh, apprentice. Oh, Hottie, yeah, Hottie, right? You know, where they're saber to saber, like you know, just the the, the sexualized see, see, the sexualized sapphic tension this is, is, this the, is this is this is the thing though. Balin, Hottie, Morgan Elsbeth. And even Thrawn at this point, even though he was only in one episode so far. Everything that is surrounding them is the most interesting part of this show. Yeah. Everything having to do with Ahsoka and Sabine eh, is not really... Even the whole... Like, Ed, why is... Sabine is like, I will, I will put the safety of the galaxy, you know, on the line to save Ezra. And when I meet him, I'm going to give him a hug. <laughs> And that's what I'm saying. That's where my question she, marks she's, are. She's the question in, marks are she, like she, for her friend. She's. I think she's, to a lot of us homosexual, like heterosexuals. Did I say homosexual? Heterosexuals. Man cougar. <laughs> Man cougars on. <laughs> uh, I like you know. To some of us, we were like, oh yeah, you know, uh, Ezra and Sabine, the, they're going to unite, and it's going to be some glorious romance uh, that we're. But it's not. Get, but it's not. But it's not. It's not. That's it. I want to see this um, this version of of Ezra Bridger, you know, um, yeah, get down with the lightsaber and all the rest of that. Stuff. Yeah, you yes. know, like that. I that I do want to see. Um, I thought you said Ezra Miller. And two I was more. Like, oh, Flash. We'll, no, we'll, we'll get to Ezra we'll Miller. Get um, two more episodes left. And by the way, I, I haven't even gotten to man. There's another point that I wanted to bring up, which is like um, the separation. Now we're into Felony verse. A felony expense. That, that, that there is separate. We'll Hera, have to, we have to see General where this General Hera, ends, right. she's, she's in a different. Well, we have to see era. where this is going because we by the end of the story, it's got to be like either, in my opinion, yeah. the choice is either we strand everybody in this separate galaxy, and that's the felony galaxy of Star Wars, and you where watch. he gets to do whatever he wants and it doesn't affect the main, or it's cold storage for ideas and concepts. That he's going to be like, we're setting the seeds for what we're going to do when we get to Rey and her trilogy. And this show basically just sets up where the cold storage is. The, the, Here's where the, the new the, threats are. Here are the other here are the things. But we're not going to get to that till we get to Rey. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead and and uh, what's his face? Carson mm -hmm. from from Queen, uh, Kim's Convenience. That's your answer to your defunct Cara Dune and the right, the, yeah, the, the, the rogue. What, what, what we could the, possibly the with that, which, show, would, right, which would be part of leading up to Filoni's films. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of churning. There's a lot of like you know, and that's the thing about like because we haven't seen a lot I of wish, content I wish in a were, while. I wish it were more characterization and exploring this new stuff rather than again the portent of well, what are we gonna do with you know you know. Kim's convenience dad and Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who I went also, you didn't get her. Also, the dullest effing performance of a character. There's nothing particularly interesting and they're not doing anything interesting with her. That That is true. That is true. Uh, it's nice to see her live yeah, action. Yeah, it's nice to see her, but you know, can you do um, something? Anything she's important? Got, nope. She's got a kid, you know, who's force sensitive. So like, you know, like do something with her. 
do something with it. I, I'm going to just end this uh, with, like, so far, as well done as everything is in it. Like I said, I didn't hate Obi-Wan, but it also felt very superfluous. And so far, outside, again, outside of the things where they're, what they might be doing with the villain, what is intimated of to what is to come is interesting. But the story itself and what they're doing with our protagonist characters, it's not blowing up my skirt. And on that, we will come back. No, 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 no. With some words from friends. We're done. We're done. We're moving on. Freddy's Bar, a Brooklyn local institution located at 652 Fifth Avenue, Park Slope, Brooklyn. If you're thirsty and if you're looking to support local artists and musicians, come on over to Freddy's or check them out at freddysbar.com. Now, Johnny, you and I, we've played gigs here, right? And they've got a whole back room full of live entertainment. So after a long week at working from home during these times, close up and come hang out with your buddies at Freddy's Bar. That's freddysbar.com. Scott blocked you. Um, this next, this next uh, fast servant. Because I'm Asian. This next uh, segment is going to be about um, things that not both, the both of us have not seen. Like... I saw the Blue Beetle movie and did not. Ed watched Secret Invasion. I did not. So I cede the floor to you because we, we we're going to talk about- We thank each other for, for doing each other's dirty work, basically. I'm glad I didn't see Blue Beetle, and you're, you're glad you Miguel, didn't see- Miguel, you're going to be glad that you didn't see you didn't Secret, see Secret Invasion. Invasion. And we're all so, glad we saw The Flash. <laughs> no, we are not. Anyway. Wait, what did you say? He said, we're all glad we saw The Flash. We, what do you mean? That, that, no, that, that's a, the producer. Oh, Again, the I'm seeding the floor. <laughs> um, Secret Invasion, you know, a uh, show that has been long awaited. Uh, Samuel Jackson, you know- a prestige piece for Disney, this, this you know, is Disney a new Plus, this Marvel is, and Disney first Plus. First off, this is a new segment that we'd like to call hate watching. <laughs> and uh, let me when tell did, you. When did, you, when did it occur to you that you were hate watching it? Was it episode two, three? When was you were like, God damn it. So, okay. Uh, if I remember correctly, Secret Invasion was about like six episodes. You know, it was like, from uh, from its conception earlier on in the year, it's like uh, um, when they did that whole, this is what we're going to give you uh, at uh, um, um, from Marvel that's coming down a pipe, Secret Invasion. We were like, oh, and I, even then I was like really excited because as it's a, a comic as yeah. a comic book event, and it was an event. Um, yes, was it uh, was it sort of like oh, you know, these characters from from which we've been reading for the past few years, they're not who you think they are because. Uh, Scrolls have taken over, and uh, there's this whole secret invasion that was occurring on Earth. Captain America's not Captain America, and I forget. I'm gonna go. I, I can't go down the line. I mean, of who, I don't who's think, been now? Here's my question: Did you have a sense that they were gonna touch anything like that at all? I was hoping that they would. I mean, they would because you know, from the studio that gave us that scene with you know. Uh, uh, Chris Evans with Molnir, and then he says, "Avengers, assemble!" And this is where you and I at the theater were yeah, holding we're hand like, in hand, and we were like, we were just we were, we were, we were two girls at a Beatles concert. Yeah, and uh, and I wanted the Secret Invasion version of this, right? And we weren't, yeah, I, I, and you know, we kind of knew we weren't. At least I kind of 
had a feeling that we weren't going to get something of that scale. However, give us something, all right? At best, Miguel, uh, they gave us um, uh, they gave us Don Cheadle Rody, all right? Who, by the way, wasn't Rody all all this time? Okay. And, uh, well, and well, but we knew that because he obviously wasn't the first, same person as he was in <laughs> Iron Man <laughs> 1. <laughs> Look, I'm here. Deal with it. Okay? What was the name? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, bl- I'm blanking. Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. See, that's what they should have done. That should have, should have <laughs> fucking melted Terrence, to Terrence no, Howard. No, not even melted. It should have been Terrence, Terrence Howard should have come <laughs> into the room. With fucking, how the fuck could you mistake that for... <laughs> So he doesn't even look like there are me. other things that um, that they're sort of like, you know, because they have to in order to market this, they're like, OK, this is what we're going to give you. We 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 gave you uh, we're giving you Samuel Jackson. How can you not tell the story without Samuel Jackson? Right. Um, who, by the way, um, Nick Fury has been out of, in, in outer space all this time. Um, yeah, that's the other part is the fact that there was a buildup from stuff from the films. Yeah. That gave me like, oh, so we're Julia Louise Dreyfus. She's in charge of Sword um, as as uh, uh, the Fontaine, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, we don't get any of her in this, right? Who did we get? We got one of the greatest actresses of our time, Olivia Coleman, the Queen herself, mm-hmm. uh, who is, um, I guess, an old buddy of. Nick Fury, um, but we don't know where her allegiances are, you know. Uh, we get the other queen herself, Khaleesi, mm-hmm. Amelia Clark, right, who plays um, Ben Mendelsohn's daughter. Ben Mendelsohn, from what we know from Captain Marvel. Um, well, it's one of the scrolls that one, of, one of the scrolls who is in line um, with Nick Fury. So the storyline is that... Um, after the events of Captain Marvel, uh, Nick Fury makes a deal with the Skrulls and says, okay, we, we're here. We're going to do all we can to find a home for you. Okay. And many years down the line, nothing's been done. Or at least there are these detractors are like, we're still... The natives are getting restless. The natives are getting restless and we're just like, we're tired of this. We're going to take things... Let me ask you a question. So, basically, so Carol Danvers... Doesn't succeed in finding them a world. Doesn't succeed in finding them a world. Right? Okay, or, or at least that faction, that group that she was with. Yeah, and I think I think around this time, I, and I think they sort of kind of uh, lampshade that with the recent um, Marvel's trailers that she's still fighting Kree, you know, like or or, or something to that nature. Right? Okay, yeah. and so now they they how do they so how do they get to and therefore the scrolls want Earth. So. There's this small little cadre of Skrulls led by this one um, uh, acolyte of Ben Ben Mendelsohn, uh, who's like, you know, um, you know, if you if if you if if you're going if you want to help us, then I'm going to give you a place in in my in in our organization here, you know. And uh, I forget the name of the actor. And I forget the name of that's how memorable these these characters are. I forget the name of the character. Shapeshifters. And uh, and he's basically saying so. Basically, there's scrolls that are just um, subversing, being subversive in the underpinnings of society. They cause a rift, uh, international global rift. Well, yeah, Russia and yeah. the United States. When this came out at the time, at the with, time the, with the Ukraine-Russian yeah, this, war, this summer was there, just, there was there was a whole like uh, this is like some even people said why did they push back 
like releasing this, yeah. and they were like, uh, yeah, the first couple of episodes deals with like a Russian false flag thing, and we're not right. really, you know, and uh, and for those of you who and at the time were I think around we, paying attention during the summer, we yeah, had we some were, of Ukraine's we were, greatest hits. Yeah, we were we were puckering our assholes because we were afraid that a nuclear um, a, a nuclear power plant was going to get hit. So here you have this show where oh, false flag attacks so, in Russia look, is a whole. The yeah. show gives you secret invasion. But Just not. There's nothing flashy about it. It's, do, they, do they get into the replaced? Like, okay, you said, oh, hey, Rhodey was replaced, but like, Rhodey is not a powered guy. Rhodey's a guy that wears armor. Do we get? We don't even get Rhodey in armor because Rhodey is right, right. But my my point is, do we? Is there any sort of like, oh, super scrollish stuff? Like, we're going to replace the superheroes ah, okay, and we're going to get so powers and all the rest. One of, of the. Uh, one of the plans of the uh, of the of these uh, shape shifting scrolls was that we have um, we have uh, we have stolen technology. Basically, um, they're stolen technology because after the battle with Thanos, they've taken DNA from all. Basically, the samplings that were on the field. Oh, they were clean. Yeah, they were clearing, Cle cleaning out the DNA. Right. So there is a MacGuffin device. Okay, with the DNA sequence of all these superheroes, and we're able to infuse that into anyone who steps into this super soldier chamber. Right? Okay, and uh, that's a plan. That's a secret invasion here. The the, the big plan of it is we're going to build an army an of army of super scrolls, right. and we get that. Do okay. we? And okay, so we do see scrolls super scrolled out using power. Two of them, Amelia Clark. And the guy who's leading this the, the scroll invasion. And what powers do they use? Uh, anything and everything under the sun. I'm okay, not joking. Do. Okay, so they do. <laughs> okay, so that is an aspect just like scaled down to the now, max. I don't know if you've read anything um, about since the series has ended, but like the right now the internet's sort of like going nuts. Like, wait a minute, this is so stupid because, and it is. Emilia Clark is out there, and she's got every single power of every. Oh, that's single how it ends. She's, she's, she is she is the super scroll. She is the super scroll, and you know she's not evil per se. She's not a bad person. But it's she lost whole, her. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. by the way, Ben Mendelsohn eats it, which is kind of sad because he's been around, um, yeah, yeah. right? You know, um, but you have this super scroll who's just running around right now. And uh, you know, I'm sure. I'm sure she'll show up. The in powers the that be, the the shield. They're gonna. They're probably scrambling around, trying to keep tabs on this on this one character. Uh, on this one character. That's it. We we didn't get anything that I had hoped for with um, superheroes. I I didn't see. I didn't like. It would have been nice okay, to. So it so it didn't work as a even a good in name only adaptation for you. Now on its own terms. Did it give you anything with with Fury's character or this setup? So they they wanted to do different things with Fury, and one of them was you know, uh, Fury wanting to have a life apart from his his job, you know, um, and his happiness. So they give you this side story how he falls in love with this shape shifting scroll from way back when, and uh, and like of recent oh, because God. he because he. He decided to abandon everything and live in space, um, and he tells this this paramour, "It's like, you know, I love you, but I'm done like with this job. You know, well, what does that even mean? Okay, you know, you're yeah, like, you know, superfluous. Yeah. Like, so it's 
It was a big, a bust. very huge. It was really huge bust. Um, I don't again. I don't know where they want to go with this with this one character. But there's really is there's not much to tell. Like one thing's for certain. Like we're not going to see Secret Invasion two. Well, here's my question: Do you feel that it would have been better if we had just used this to kill Fury and move on to? Something else. Introduce the Nick Fury Jr. character. Whatever. But just like, okay. What is the fun in that? What is I don't know about fun, but I mean... Nick Fury will yeah, always but, be Nick Fury. Yeah, but Sam know? Jackson Nick, is, is, is in his 70s, know, and He can't keep doing this. And so it's time to <laughs> transition to something like, like if they at least had done that. If they at least had put some effort into like... Okay, this is our send off for, for Sam for this is but that's and, the you know, thing. Let, let's that be honest. That is interesting though because you know like Sam he's goes, still in the fight. He's still in the fight and it's an aging Nick Fury. He's got the white. He's got the, the, the See, white and that's beard. That's what I'm and saying. And like the, the but that but that's the thing. That, that's not even a part of the 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 the, uh, uh, the thesis of this at all. You know, Nick Fury aging. He's gonna re, he's gonna hang up his his uh, his 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 eye patch. None of that. He comes out of this and it's like, you know, like, uh, okay, you know, I, I feel bad. My buddy, uh, my buddy Ben Mendelsohn is dead, you know, and uh, we'll move on, you know. See, like, again, he, why not? What? He's going to show up in Marvels. I'm know sure this. he, I'm sure. And this, but this is the thing. It, it, see, to me, it would be like, I get it. Sam is a big part of, like, people, like, as much as the success of the MCU has been on the shoulders of, like, RDJ. Let's not put aside the fact that Sam Jackson added a whole mess of legitimacy to this stuff from the beginning when he showed up as Nick Fury. You know, it was it was kind of like, oh, and like if the Iron let me put it this way, cut out the cut out the post-credit sequence from Iron Man, and yeah. it's still a great movie, yeah. right? It's still hey, awesome. We got a live action Iron yeah. Man, awesome. But it very well could have just been a and then we're going to get Iron Man 1, and we're going to get Iron Man 2, and then nothing. And then there will be no MCU. Mm -hmm. And the second Sam's action shows up, you know, as ultimate Nick Fury and says, I'm talking about the Avengers initiative, you're like, oh, shit, they are all in. This is happening. They've got Sam Jackson to play Nick Fury. And uh, this is this is the, the sad part is he's very in because he's Sam Jackson. And I think like this yeah, he's game, he's this a great character... Actor. I think means a lot to him, right? You know, and Sam, uh, we it's know. It's bought him more than one a, swimming pool, I'm sure. He's, he's a he's a comic book guy in essence, and we know this. And uh, um, and and at this point, he's been doing it since the year 2008. Right. It is going. It is 2023. He's been there here for a while. That's that's a sad, that's a sad part. I don't see him slowing down. You know. Now I, I will say this: there there is one um, the, the the as far as the action sequences, right? So there is a subplot of um, as we're getting toward the end of the series. It's um, we have to protect the present, right? Because because we can't we we know that Rhodey is. Is, is, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of when this was filmed, and who was actually in office. And I'm going, maybe we don't. Maybe <laughs> Sam, I'm just I'm just going to throw this well, out. We're, here not, we're not sure. It could be either. It could be either or. No joke. No joke, guys. You know, it's like uh, whatever. I can't do Dana Carvey. Um, but uh, there, there, there were actual le legit action scenes of you know, we can't let. Ro we can't let Rhodey get close to the president, you know. Okay, and, let me. And we, Rhodey's like, Rhodey's like, don't let this man get by. 
Okay. Can I ask you a question? Okay, let me ask you a question. Protect the president at all costs. Okay, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Um, do we... Do we do we get at any point in this a like what happened to actual is Rhodey dead? Rhodey is dead. So the Rhodey 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 is dead He's and vanquished. whatever and whatever Rhodey we've no, seen. Oh no, real Rhodey or, or fake Rhodey? Yeah, real Rhodey. Yeah, is real is Rhodey dead? What what do we do? Real Rhodey is not dead. So basically they, they had they had in the chamber. Of, oh. of their re yeah okay exactly. so right, suspended yeah. animation Rhodey's come at us he wakes up and he's like what happened what? now okay let me more importantly the question is how long has he been out and I have no idea does, does oh does he walk because you that's my big question is is was Skrull Rhodey before or I after have to Civil check War on that again because if not then then, <laughs> then they've just given Rhodey his legs back right. It's like I have to check on that. It's like oh, Armor Wars. Yeah, who knows? They're going to do that. Yeah. Oh, right. God, that's right. I didn't you know? think about the, how that would play into that. So, do you feel that this like this was a trip we didn't have to take, or are there? It was a trip we should have. Like you said, we've got Mendelssohn's daughter out there. She's a, she, that's the Super Scroll, right? Okay. But other than that, that there's a character out there with all these powers, and Sam Jackson's back in the fight. What else? What else did it contribute? And that's the thing. Uh, when the Secret Invasion comic book came out, and then the big reveal, like the opening of the spaceship, the Skrull spaceship, and oh my God, like, you know, our heroes are back, all right? You know, these are the real, these are real guys, and some of them aren't shaven. They've been in, in space for a long time, and then they're asking questions like, what's, what's happened, right? I go, I go, did we have to take this trip? Was this even necessary? Um, whenever you introduce shapeshifters into any of the story, and look, Marvel has had scrolls for a long time, All right? We, 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 you know, we were asking for this as comic book fans. Well, yeah, you want again. You wanted scrolls infiltration. Versus, right, you wanted scrolls versus the superhero community, yeah. and what you got was uh, twenty four with scrolls. <laughs> You're in good hands with Allstate. What is his name? Mike? What was a? Uh, what was a? Uh, who's the sidekick? Oh no, Tony Almeida. Tony Almeida. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle. God, these, <laughs> God, these names. Are wow, he's just coming back to you. We're gonna, coming back. I'm going to start our new podcast after 24. President Wayne. President Wayne Palmer. <laughs> Uh, but like, yeah, like in you wanted, I don't you know. wanted certain I, aspects that they had. Look, it's not that Secret Invasion is the greatest comic book story, but there are things what they did in it. You would want to have seen live action. The idea of like an army of Super Scrolls with all of the superheroes' powers fighting off, like that's that's good shit. Just from a lizard brain part of you know, like I just want to see that going moving on. Well, I mean, because Marvel, um, the Marvels doesn't seem like it's that far away. Right, and you can't tell a uh, a Carol Danvers story without Korean scroll Korean stuff, scroll yeah. stuff. You know, well, that's going to come back. Now, all of that stuff is going to come back. The, the, the secret, the secret invasion stuff. You know, um, I don't know. Like, I just, I to answer your question, did we need to take this trip? I don't know if we 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 needed mm. to take this trip. You know, if we what were did it take this did trip, it look good? Was it was like the production values were good or was it like I don't know? Does AI like an AI intro? Does that float anyone's boats? 
Okay. Go watch. I mean, if you've never seen the intro to this, and by and people made a big stink out of it, you know, it's like and also where, for advertisement when they were advertising it, yeah. they were using this AI stuff, and people were like, "Well, you're using AI. This is using other art." Now maybe like, there's something meta about this because it looks it does not like they're like they take elements from Samuel L. Jackson's look, where you know it's a black dude with uh, with a go goatee, and it's being more from like. Why is it so ugly? Oh, that's right, because it's AI. It's AI. Okay. You know? All right. Um, I think we can end that out there, um, mostly because this was something I was thinking before and that I wanted to bring up, and this is the you've got me the perfect pivot point here, because <laughs> you mentioned the Marvels. Right. So, you know, you talked about Secret Invasion. We're not going to shift over to the fact that you had seen Secret Invasion, and I hadn't. Now I've seen Blue Beetle, and you haven't. This film, Blue Beetle, which we'll be talking about now, Blue Beetle was their answer to the Kamala Khan Miss Marvel. Right down to everything with the family, right down to the fact that it would have been better if this had been a series, a show, but with the George way the Marvel show is. With George Lopez. Look, I don't want to have to come to the defense of George Lopez, Ed. As a Puerto Rican, I'm not Mexican, so. Let me start out with the simple background of the Blue Beetle character. Blue Beetle is a legacy character. There have been other versions of Blue Beetle. This is the most recent addition to the Blue Beetle mythology, which is the Jaime Reyes. But you and I grew up with um, Ted Cord, Ted Cord mm -hmm. as the Blue Beetle, who himself was only the second Blue Beetle, which is derived from, you know, the original Dan Garrett Golden Age Blue Beetle. Okay. So this is a character, there's a lot of history for you and me, especially the Ted Cord version, you know, Justice League International, him and Booster Gold. That means a lot to us. It has a lot of, you know, nostalgia attached as well, as long as also being one of the things I always loved about JLI. I wasn't crazy about JLI turning into a comedy thing, but what was the name of the company? Charlatan Comics. Uh, uh, well, yeah, the Charlton characters, Char Charlton, right. which were, uh, you know, Blue Beetle originally yeah. started out as a non, as you said, a non DC character, mm -hmm. where you had like Charlton had Blue Beetle, the Question, yeah, right. um, uh, Captain Adam, and famously those characters pastiches were mm -hmm. created uh, for Watchmen. So you know. The question which is, eventually were absorbed by DC, right? And which were also eventually again. So, Blue Beetle has this long history. People our age are familiar with them to a degree, but not a crossover mm. character. This is also not to. This is no connection to the Blue Beetle that was on the Electric Company. <laughs> wow. People that know know. Wow. People that know know. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so this is the version that is coming out as a pure legacy character. They have that in this film. You know, in the comics, they killed off Ted Kord, mm -hmm. uh, the Scarab, which was a, this power source yeah. thing that he was never able to work, which was used by the previous to Ted Kord, Blue Beetle, the Dan Garrett version. Now is in possession of this Hispanic uh, young man named Jaime Reyes, and we're off to the races. I am not going to pretend, Ed, that I followed Blue Beetle all that much. So I don't know all of the ins and outs. I don't know if this was a good adaptation of Jamie Rias per se. You had some, we saw some of him in Young Justice, you know, right? But even then it's like- there's... But they did make it like that whole thing with him and, and, the, and the, the, the alien race that created the, 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 the Scarab was a big part of their storyline for a while. 
Uh, but clearly here, you know, and and uh, based on the trailers, it's like, oh, greatest American hero. I don't know how to use these powers. Sure Green that. Lantern. He can create something from nothing. Right. right? Yeah. Which we were talking on on the right over here. This has always been my problem with Blue Beetle, but also a lot of late 90s, early 2000s characters that were created where I, I told you, I said, you know, Mommy, mommy, I want Blue Beetle. Honey, we have Green Lantern at home. <laughs> it's the same of, I want a character, the Generator Rex. This was a common trope where it's like, I want a character who can create weapons out of thin air, more or less, um, and have some kind of connection to space. Boom. And it's like, we got Green Lantern. We don't need him to do it. I was telling you how, like, there was even a point in the early 2000s where, like, Wonder Woman had bracelets that could create any weapon. And it's like, that's Green Lantern shtick. I don't... So, Blue Beetle as a character is not, like, this Jamie Reyes is not breaking new grounds in terms of his powers or his abilities all that much. As you said, the greatest American hero thing, the yeah. I can hear the weapon system or whatever yeah. talking to me in my mind... But there's nothing inherently wrong with that either. Like, that's a, you could do standard superhero stuff. And I am not going to say that this film wasn't trying, but the, like, by a fairly large magnitude, the, the reach of the creators in this, whose hearts are all in the right place for all the stuff that I'm going to say about it, it exceeded their grasp by up. Large, like, like, just on like a competency of like how how we're gonna do drama, how mm. we're gonna how we're gonna block a scene, how we're gonna the screenplay, how we're gonna have information related to the audience. Kind of shitty. <laughs> um, and then on top of that, you have this interesting dynamic that ultimately undermines the film, in my opinion. Where, uh, you know, Jaime Reyes is shown. As, you know, this is standard Tom Holland Spider-Man stuff. Um, a good-natured, yeah. all shucks, And there's family involved. Kid. It's a and family, family for involved. Quadrant and thing, that gets well, into the Miss Marvel it, thing you know? as well, where they're a huge part, and they make, similar to the Miss Marvel thing, like, both of those had aspects where, I don't want to say they actually were negative representations of, quote-unquote, wokeness or whatever. But they did get into the fine line of almost going over into the caricature of what that is, of what a lot of critics of that are. So, like, Reyes's family, the Reyes's, like, they are, they're the ones that talk about racial and political and class and all the rest of that stuff. But he's, like, separate. He never really has a strong opinion one way or the other well, about what anything. What were they saying? Like, uh, like what's what's a line? Again, like, like the, because like, you use the word woke, uh, and I'm like, okay. What again, is, they're what like those. They're the characters that are like, no, no, no. We're going to talk about class and race and politics and economics and all the rest of that stuff. They talk about how their neighborhood is, you know, you know that they're getting priced out of their neighborhood. You know, even though they're the they're the they're the lower middle you know mm -hmm. middle class workers who made the city that they're in. They talk about how. Oh, do you think that you're going to be allowed to keep this? Like, again, the realistic response. Look, if I, the truth is, if I was 19 years old and came home to my mom and dad and was like, hey, don't want to freak you out too much. 
but I got superpowers. They're pretty crazy. I think that absolutely someone from my family would have said to me, and this is, sounds silly because it's a hypothetical of hypotheticals, but would have said, you know they're going to come after you, right? Because they're not going to let a Puerto Rican guy have this. Now, whether you believe that that's true or not, whether you believe that the that is a honest, real assessment of the world, it is an honest reaction from those type of people. So you have it where they, they tell them, it's like, look, do you, they're not going to let you, you know, you're not allowed to, Mexican, young Mexicans aren't allowed to have this sort of stuff. They get into all of the, quite frankly, American imperialism. They talk about the school of the Americas and shit. And no one really talks like that in real life, you know, it's like. No, uh, yes and no, because, you know, I got news for you, Ed, there are a lot of people who are from, again, the Hispanic backgrounds. I don't have much that, but no, look, there are Puerto Rican radicals. Like, they get into, like, his grandmother, they, like, say, oh, no, grandmother was some sort of Mexican rebel at some point. Because he's like, Grandma, but how can you fine. shoot so I mean, good? Like, But they're saying, and you, it's not, it's not 100% jokey. It isn't just, ha, 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 let's not, that's a fun, that's a throwaway line. It's like, no, we're talking about real stuff. And the problem I have with that is have, instead of having that be these characters that are in Jaime's orbit, who have actual characterization and points of view, give Jaime an actual characterization and point of view. He's just bland every every man guy. Anything that goes through it is, is perfunctory is, is through the notions. Oh, of course he's sad. Spoiler alert, as always, his dad dies, he's sad about his dad die. That's natural. Of course you're gonna write a character. But like, there's no other meat on his bones. And you could have done something where it's just like, they introduce him, it's like, oh, he's fresh out of college and he's pre-law and okay, but you don't get, other than a vague like, yo, yo, essay, you know, I went to school to worked hard to get us out of here. Okay, and what else, what else? They could have taken all of that stuff that was his family and given him a particular political and cultural point Already, of view. what you're describing, why would I even want to bother with this movie? Like, all I want to know is about, you know, the the blue beetleness of blue of blue beetle. Right. I, I, see, you but know? no, but and like, there like is more. The, ha there the has only, to be more. The there only, has to be more know, than just the comic I know, but I'm stuff. saying it as a fan. I go like, you know, because I've seen the image of like Dan Garrett. And, Ted and Cord, the Ted Cord, you described on the way here. You described. Remember with the ship, you know, and 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 with the ship, there's that, uh, there's that, there's that um, uh, the specific line handle, with the handle line, that yeah, Ted that Cord used to hang on. That's what I want to see. And you said that you, that no, you said, and I'll let you speak. Well, yeah, they. <sighs> that's what I'm interested in, right? And but the, that, that that that's also a problem, and gets to what I was talking about again, the Miss Marvel Kamala Khan aspect of like, I didn't like Miss Marvel either all that much. But at least it had the room to do what it did. Here, they like all the things they did in the Miss Marvel show. They did here, but they did in two hours. And like, the character needs more stuff. They don't have the time to explore it. So like, it would be helpful to have that Blue Beetle Ted Cord aspect as a thing of like, well, he's holding up a legacy and. He, someone who can train him, someone he can bounce ideas off, but because it feels more like and there's none of we that. just threw this in here, and the only and we and, and see is that is he's got a, a post credit scene. He's, he's got, got a daughter, daughter who's he's Brazilian, got an evil sister, right, right, you know, exactly. And instead, it would have been better had it been, let's get rid of the family, right? I'm writing this, rewriting this on the fly, and it's a better movie. Get rid of the, <laughs> get rid of the premise of the family with their points of view about stuff so much. 
I get why. I get the cuteness of it. I get the emotional stuff they wanted to do with it. How did they but even... Wait, wait, wait. So instead of that, make Jaime a somewhat radical, kind of woke young guy, fresh out of college, coming back, and have him butt heads with Ted Kord, the older, maybe more establishment type guy. Well, that was my question, is is that uh, how does the anything Kord ever even get connected to... to it just, script. out of nowhere, it's right. like, okay... The Scarab we know from... Comics uh, from, was a from thing. From comics, right? Yeah. Dan Garrett had the... Uh, Dan Garrett had the, scarab, had the Scarab, and Ted Kord had it for years, and he could never make could it never work. could never make it work, right? You know? Right. So it falls into his hands. Greatest American hero, fine. Got it, you know? Right. Susan Sarandon, again, I haven't seen this movie. Since Susan Sarandon says, that that weapon belongs to me... To finish off my project. I need that to make Omek, which is her... The right. bad guy henchman thing in this. And the daughter is like... You know, no, you gotta what? watch out for my evil aunt, right? Yeah, she's and and uh, by the way, you're kind of cute. You know, like let's go off. That's as much development as is what you just yeah. described is. It's sort of like okay, and half of this film is in Spanish. Again, it does stuff good it, it ideas that I like. So about. far, it's described like. It almost sounds Ant Man ish without the Ant Man aspect, you know, because it's like, because it's like. Uh, the villain, big corporation run by villain, but again, that, who's connected again, to the hero. Again, oh, this is all perfunctory, you know? but we've yes. seen this a billion times. Yes. And I wouldn't have a problem with it, but then we get to a, a, the biggest problem is this, the guy playing Jaime is, is not only is Sholo the is uh, here's the, the, I, the material is oftentimes this very everything is ham fisted and very exposition heavy. He, so that's not great for an actor. I know but this actor he does not from from Cobra Kai, right? Okay. You know, and in Cobra Kai, yes, there were six seasons of him. Okay, right. right. You know, and uh, is there anything special about this guy? Yeah, you know, he's likable and very, con very congenial. But that's that's just it. Likable right? and congenial yeah. is the only thing he's got going on here too. And it's not that the screenplay helped him. No. But he didn't bring his A-game to do anything with this character at at all. He's just bland. Is there a moment where, because it's trope uh, uh, or, or cliche, where it's like, I don't have the scarab on me. You have to find the hero within. There is a lot of find the hero within stuff, but there, you know, he never gets separated from the oh, scarab. Okay. Okay. But there's also like... The final nail in the coffin for the film is that overall, everyone, it feels like everyone's heart was in the right place. There's a lot of work put on here. There's definitely work. And that's, they've done great work, but there's work. A big part of this film at two hours, the way I'm looking at two it. Two hours? Two hours, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Like I said, it was way too much. Wow. It feels like it was abandoned in post-production. Okay. And I don't mean that like, the effects aren't actually bad. The effects sequences are actually pretty good. And who's ever directing the effects sequences going for an Oscar. Like, they're trying, like, I really want this to be a cool action sequence. And then suddenly, that stuff will abruptly end when we get to dialogue portions. And it's like, this is a fucking Disney afternoon live action TV show. Mm. Like, level of acting, level of dialogue, level of everything. And it feels like... Once Gunn came in, the funds for this movie were cut, <laughs> and we're like, we're putting it out as is. You're not going to get to really do great reshoots. You're not really going to get to really integrate this CG into the other scenes. You're not going to get, which I think a director and, would do and would tighten the film up, cut some stuff. I think they were just like, 
put out a working cut because as this best is as you not can. this is not a Snyderverse movie, and yet. Yet it is and it isn't. Because, right, because of the post... You, it's in you that weird... It's in that weird me, yeah, it's in that you know. weird area where it was taking place when we were like, we're not done with the Snyder mm. stuff yet. We're sort of reevaluating. And James Gunn hasn't entered the the, 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 the picture yet exactly. So well, it is... From what we know... It's a lost child's kind of thing. What we know, it is a, it is a huge flop. Well, it's also the other part is, I told you... Like these Osprey vertical takeoff and landing vehicles <laughs> that were all over Black Adam yeah. are in this. So it's part of, they talk about Batman. They talk about, they were probably going to use them for, and, and no, I didn't even bother. This is, I was so kind of like exhausted by the film that I saw the first post credit scene, mm. which I said was, yeah, oh, the reveal that obviously the sequel is going to be, Ted Core is going to be here and he's going to be the mentor character right. or he's going to be, Angry that you're dating my daughter, whatever the yeah. nonsense that they were gonna do, and we don't know. But who I didn't know what the post, the credit sequence, the post credit sequence after that was, and I've heard that it's supposed to be. Oh, that was supposed to be the one. Like the first one was for where are they gonna go with Blue Beetle in his sequel, and then the second one was to be. And this is, I guess, what they were gonna do, DCEU wise. But of course, all of that is utterly moot. I don't know what, like at this point, Gun. We don't know what he's got in store because during the time that we were away Nathan Fillion was cast as Green Lantern not just Hal not Hal Jordan but not Hal Jordan Guy Gardner Guy Guy Gardner we could you know that I could do 45 (laughs) minutes just on like my apprehension of what James Gunn is gonna do especially after we'll get it to all we're missing is Booster Gold we got got ourselves a party you know you bring you bring you bring Fire and Ice man you bring Ted Court out Who's okay? Nathan fire, fire and ice. All right. Do we go? See, I go definitely Rosario Dawson type for fire. Um, you got to go no. Afro let. I think you got to go Afro Latino Brazilian type. Arjun, like not, uh, 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 Adria Arjona <laughs> from. She's already. She's already. She's already on. She's already on. Ana de Armas. She was Ana de Armas, something like that. You know. Uh, Overall, though, like it is, I, like I told you before I saw it, I said, you know what? It's going to be worse <laughs> if this is actually good. If I go in there and come out and go, oh my God, this is actually a really decent, good to decent. Don't movie. Say no, like wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. <laughs> well, well, no. That, in other words, like, like if I come out and said, well, this is actually a good to decent Blue Beetle Bill, and it's going to suck that we're not going to see where it goes. We're not going to get Ted Cord. We're not going to get. Now it doesn't suck because it doesn't matter because it sucked. It sucked. It wasn't a great film. Well, I thought you said that. Like, like I didn't hate it, but I didn't like it either. Like, it was so it's, really lukewarm response. It's so... Response. But see, that's the problem. It fails for being every other fucking movie I've ever seen. When it had served up on a silver platter, mm. these aspects, like I said, the racial, cultural stuff that they could have done something with, really meaty, really got... And instead, it's either... It's there, and it's hitting all over the head. It's not subtle... And ham-fisted, and then when it's not that, it's played for laughs. Mm. Oh, hey, gr- gr- Grandma says in Spanish, death to the imperialists. You know what I mean? Like, you could have made that aspect and have it in there and have it matter more if he, and give him an actual mm. characterization. And instead it is just like, this is, I'm sorry, this is La Raza, greatest American hero. <laughs> 
Sorry, that 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 is that that's just at the end. William Cat had a, I believe, a Latino like student, who's uh, you know, yeah, you know, like they were always that's true. To hang the he had on. a multicultural right. like group of with with yeah yeah. So I don't know Michael Pere. Yeah yeah yeah. But uh, we yeah we will La Raza La Raza Great American Hero. Uh, that's all I'm gonna say about about this. It is a shame, of course. Um, you know that we're ending on a low note with the DCEU stuff, quite frankly. But look, this is the longest tearing of a bandage in history. Let's like, uh, we'll get into maybe the, the actually the real end of it all. Well, it's good that we have a segment like this. Yeah, we know, hate watching, well, not hate watching, we, we will get back into the real pulling, the yeah. final pulling of the, the last <laughs> hair, <laughs> the last hair in your skin being taken off. When we come back to after these words from friends, ladies and gentlemen, our review of The Flash. I love our logo. No, really. I love our logo. The To Be Continued Fanboy Podcast logo was provided to us by friend of the show, Matt Sulkowski, who also runs MSD Studios. And what does Matt do at MSD Studios? He provides positive reinforcement for your brand. Located in Philadelphia, Matt has worked with clients of all sizes and has helped them to focus on designs for campaigns, rebrands, and new brands. Get in touch for your next project, MSD Studios. That's msdstudios.com. And we're back, and now we get to the home stretch where we're going to tie this all up with our review of The Flash. And it's just called The Flash, right? Moving on from hate watching, and now moving on to sad watching. <laughs> you know what? Watching. That's not bad. That's not bad. Sad watching. Uh, because I said to you the same thing about this that I said about D Blue Beetle before. I was like, you know, it's gonna. It, you know, the worst part is, is if this is actually decent or good. Mm -hmm. And they are a gap away from decent to good. Mm-hmm. But it is a gap. It is ultimately a gap. Um, this is an interesting misfire along. We are coming to this way, way late. As we said in the beginning of the podcast, we had a lot of difficulties over the summer, yada, yada. I give it a C. That's it's, okay. <laughs> it's not an F. It's not the an F. Flash. But this, this whole production with the Flash, they were, everything about it is was late in the game. And it's COVID was, on top of it. How do we even start with Listen, all of the issues without talking, getting into the the, the biggest elephant of the room, which is the fact that the star Ezra Miller in in between the creation of this film and the release of this film has crashed his, and burned. Yeah, it's crashed and burned in epic, epic proportion. The, you know, the version of him in this film that goes running and loses all of his clothes as they burn off of him. That's kind of what Miller was in real life. But hold on. That said, Ezra... And I, I, I will say this, yeah, I've said this to you already. He's fantastic. He is not bad in mm. this movie at all. He plays two characters. He plays two versions of himself and then a younger and an older version. And they and give you the perf, like, one of the things that's interesting about how this whole film is conceptualized is there's a Elements lot of from Flashpoint. There are elements of big, a ton of them from Flashpoint, maybe to its detriment where it tried to do too many things that were very much like Flashpoint. They even, like, 
there's some meta-analysis where you get this whole thing of, oh, hey, we have Ezra Miller as a as an actor, not too dissimilar to where what RDJ was going through when he was cast as Iron Man, right? Troubled history, yada, yada, yeah, yeah. yada. Hey, we're going to wink, wink, nudge, nudge this in the screenplay, right? So you have a scene where we know that Ezra Miller has issues offset in real life. And we also know that some people have had issues with his performance as this character, the mannerisms, the neuroticism, all the rest. And they're like, we're going to lampshade that. We're going to have him talk to his younger version of himself and call that all out. Plus, on top of it, we get to do two things. We get to mature the version of the Flash, Barry Allen, that we've been following by making him the older version and forcing him to be more mature. And therefore, oh, you got to can we cut down on the Ezra Millerisms and be a little more real? Yeah, yeah. But then we still get to get that. He still gets to be a funny, goofy character by having him be, have yeah, the there, younger version around. There's, there's smartness. Meta-commentary. And commentary right. in this screenplay. Yeah. It's not complete. But it's stupid. also a, like a meta-commentary about our childhood, too, because... Um, the, the, big, you know, the biggest meta-commentary line in this movie is the end sequence... And it's Keaton. <laughs> because we get the whole, they went back in time to bring yeah, him back yeah, alive again. Yeah. And they go and he's like, no, no, we can fix this. You, we, we can bring you back. And Keaton says, you already have. Three times. And, 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 three times. and more importantly, <laughs> that's three times meta commentary. Because it's Batman as a character is talking back about. Back from retirement. Back out of retirement. So that's bringing you back and bringing level. me back to life five from five minutes ago, and then bringing me back as in bringing Michael Keaton back to the role. Mm -hmm. There's smartness in this fucking screenplay. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, but it's all over the map. It's a mess. It's trying to do too much too long. I will say that my mom was a, a great judgment of this because, like, I think she was with this film for the first 25, 30 minutes where it's a fun superhero thing and we're getting to know um, Barry Allen. And she was even into the whole, again, the meat of it of this is a story about Barry going back in time, what he does. I even like family. other elements, like it's Supergirl instead of Superman. Right, and yeah. Not the whole team is there. and not, Like, I love... I love that little... Right, yeah, getting to see General Zod again. and uh, the, uh, the weird decisions of, like, uh, not having... Yes, you have Gal Gadot in here and and Ben Affleck, but no Henry Cavill, right? And at that time... Well, yeah, they, yeah. And there were, there were scenes... Were they, did they shoot the scenes with Henry? I don't think so. I don't think you know? there were scenes. But, like, it's... it's Because this was shot, like, two years ago, right? Longer, now, maybe. Two, the whole, yeah. Now, for this... For the... Um, for the narrative itself, for the story, I think it's a good call. Yeah, you know, instead of Kal-El, you bring in Kara, you know, Kal-El. Like, that makes sense. And especially for what they were doing, ultimately, the way the film tied itself up. Mm -hmm. There's, again, there's stuff where you're like, okay, we're, obviously, this is the picking up from Justice League type film, where it was supposed to be planned in how it was release order and so on and so forth. And we get a new suit for Ezra, and we get the sense of what he's been doing post-Justice League. Like, well, okay. He's the janitor of the Justice League. Yeah, then he's kind of, yeah. Batman, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like, you know, because of my nature of my powers, I do a lot, I'm good for cleanup, I'm good for this, I'm good for that, but I'd like to do more, so on and so forth. And then they get to the real, which, by the way, yes, the CG, as we said, one of these sort of like, this film was abandoned in post-production, sort of like that I said for Blue Beetle. The CG can be rough at times, but the ideas of how those sequences played out was like that shit with the babies 
And the falling nurse? Funny. That was legitimately that was funny. funny, a legitimately good use of like his powers. <laughs> and then putting a baby in the like microwave. in the microwave and, and everything. Like, you know, yeah. when he saw when the dog is there and he's like, a dog and you know, <laughs> the fact that it's like again, you're like the sort of Rick and Morty or like modern comedy aspect of like, oh my God, he's trying to save the baby. He's trying to save the baby. No, he needs to get something to eat because he's got, <laughs> because he's got a few left. Because he, yeah. he can't. He's use got a meter that that that, that right. It's like blood sugar right. levels and stuff goodness. like. Yeah. Um, and Ezra's characterization was like the emotional beats were there. The stuff with his dad worked. The mm -hmm. stuff with his mom worked. That's why I really feel like this is the tragedy yeah. works, really works, right? You know, oh, it's like gut. It, everything hinging on this, this Back to the Future-esque type of story, hinging on the one can of, the tomato, one can sauce. of tomato sauce, right? You know, and having to then do it. And that the last ending scene of, with the mother, yeah, that really like tugs you. The, the emotional through line isn't bad. Yeah. It works. It's pretty good. The yeah. fact that it is him... Confronting the himself, were, the elements were all there, all there but it yeah. was just the connective tissue that fell apart. You know, like and and really... also pushing so yeah. much into this, having so many things. Like as much as like, and I will admit, one hundred percent, looking into the camera here right now, I thought <laughs> just the fact that Keaton was in this would guarantee it some money. Mm -hmm. But I have to reassess my I have thinking. No idea. I have to recess my thinking of, I think we all should, of how, how keyed in the general audiences is these days to all the behind the scenes nonsense. Yeah. Because I thought Keaton was going to overcome that. I thought the nostalgia factor would bring people, put asses in seats at least. I thought they'd at least limp to like $500 million or something like that, right? They were working really hard to market this as like the greatest, one of the greatest comedy And movies. Batman's coming back. Batman a, being was a huge, that was the first teaser was Michael Keaton's Batman's it's, in this. It's not like... At this point, categorically, I can say it's a good superhero movie. It's a solid superhero movie. You know? I don't know if I would go that um, far, but it is not unwatchable. I've it seen it yields twice a lot of stuff. You can you can get fun moments out of this, and also be like, "That was a good choice. That was a smart I, choice. Like, that was that, an interesting I read choice." That Bob Zemeckis was attached to this previously, like in, yeah. the, in its early inceptions, right? You know. Oh, all the and of course the jokes, the the back like. Oh, just... you mean with Eric Stoltz? So I go, what are you talking about? Why do you keep like, saying Eric Stoltz? Eric Stoltz, like, uh, no. Like, Marty Flies played by Michael J. Fox. I mean, he's from Footloose. So I'm like, no, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and like that's it. There is some. There's some good stuff in this screenplay, Ooh. but overall, it just like. It tried to be too much. It's like every, much like the Blue Beetle film. Again, it was like every 30 minutes, it was a new obstacle, new thing, new whatever. But not, again, not horrendously terrible. And again, trying to do, the fact is, it wasn't like, think about this. To, it wasn't difficult to follow. follow. But also think about how, like, the turning things on its ear. Like, yeah, um, personally, I kind of felt like the whole, like, I get why they included the whole let's get Barry hit by lightning again to redo his powers because that was such a big scene from the Flashpoint comic. Mm -hmm. I don't think you needed it. I really... You could have given him his power some other way without drawing it. I'm gonna... And... <sighs> I think the most interesting thing is, Ed, think about this. People complained because they were like, kind of like, how can you do this story without... Uh, not Thrawn, but Thawne without reverse flash. Mm -hmm. 
But they gave us the reverse they, they flash. They gave us reverse flash. A, a reverse flash. In, dark flash. In, in the, right. in the, in Ezra playing the younger yeah. version. It was kind of like an. Now, also, know something else. It was a fatter, slower person. <laughs> the reverse flash is going to make it a. He's a slow motion. Yeah. But also, notice also something else about this film that gets me into the ending of it uh, with, you know, Clooney coming out as I'm Batman, and you're like, kind of like, okay. Uh, we never fought, figure out who killed his mother, did we? Interesting that the, the that screenplay never right. talks they about never, that. He didn't tell you this. No, not well. No. He did indirectly, the in the sense the, like, of, but who stabbed who her? Stabbed with the this was just him. he stabbed. No, he didn't. Yeah. No, he didn't. You didn't no. see it where no. he goes back in time, and then it's a it's a version of him uh, no, following no, her. No, 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 no. He no. what he he, he creates a, the circumstances, John. Yeah, where he says like it's, the the, events, it's all about this one can of what, yeah. It's all about this one can of tomato. I, now in the comic, here's the thing. In the comic, I thought they were saying that he actually ultimately no, had no. In other words, all he up. did, all he altered was the whole thing issue with the tomato can, which caused his father to go back out. But we never see who stabbed her, why, what is all now. In the comics, small tangent. Barry Allen's parents, he never had this originally in his scout. This is a very recent edition. <laughs> In the old days, it was just he had a, he had a loving mom and dad, and he had no tragic backstory. He got hit by lightning, got superpowers, is like cool beans. I'm gonna be a superhero. He didn't need the Batman esque you know tortured history. Literally, his main arch nemesis, Professor Zoom, the Reverse Flash, was kind of like you know what? You have thwarted me so much. You have pissed me off so much. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna give you that tragic backstory, Barry. I'm gonna go back in time. I'm gonna kill your mom. And they don't get into that. We don't, obviously, in my opinion, leaving that, that this was going to be stuff because the Clooney ending indicates to me that this was not supposed to be a, and okay, Clooney was going to be Batman in, if, again, in the Snyderverse DCU. No, this was going to be a self-contained trilogy of Flash films, of Flash doing time travel shenanigans stuff, right? Trying to fix, get back to the, Get, he's trying to get back to Affleck, right? Well, and that's the thing about right. I, and so instead, and so back to Affleck. the idea of like there were things that they were leaving on the table. Who killed Barry's mom? Actually, where did that? How and why did that happen? You know, oh, Clooney's Batman. We've got to fix this because we know that that's not going to. You know, that they were leading where this stuff was going to go, and. Unfortunately, it's not going. It's not going I anywhere. Think, I think for the purpose, um, probably the the murder of his mother is a really good addition to the Flash as a character because the the, the conversations that he has with Bruce with bad, bad flag Bruce, right? I know. Oh, your father. It's a really it's know. a really good conversation. Yeah, that's good. Right? I'm I'm a purist though on that one, Ed, because that's my problem. My problem is is that I don't think the Flash should have anything in common with Batman. I don't think that the Flash should be able to be like, oh, I get your whole dark and no, because the Flash is literally but that's the guy. Bogus because they're both they're both scientists. Right? Again, you again with Batman and being the fucking scientist. He's a smart. I mean, come on, Bruce is one of the again. Most tell tell me, Batman is universe, tell me, Batman right? is one of the greatest forensics are you know scientists in the world. Yes, fine. Batman is not figuring out the they're fucking quantum detectives. levels of space time. I don't care how much detective. Okay, goes you know what? This. Let's 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 hash it out right here. You know, you we had this conversation earlier. You had issues with bat splaining. Okay. Timey wimey. Timey wimey. Yeah. Dr. Dr. Which, Bats. Which, yeah. by the way, this is 
you know, John, he gives me this whole whole spiel about like you know how it's just ridiculous that uh, um, uh, that that Bruce can explain quantum physics. It's like no, he just took spaghetti. Yeah, and said exactly. Here is look look you know it was like, a bad explanation. Like, I such of and it. such re- reference says this in his book. You know, and then this, this because says Ed, this is because what, that's what Batman's been doing with his time, right? We all know why not? of his deep abiding love. It doesn't mean of particle physics, and and and, and yeah, because because he's Neil deGrasse Tyson, right? We can all. It, and this is this is a classic case of a <laughs> fan of Batman who hates him ever being questioned on this shit about Batman. Not you, you that Batman cannot be questioned. Obviously, Batman can build is, robots, right? This, no, he can't build robots. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with owning a copy. If RDJ of, if RDJ can, why can't Batman? Because of, that's just it. RDJ isn't also the other things that Batman is. See, that's the problem. Batman's got enough things, Ed. Listen, I have Batman's a co- the greatest martial artist. I have in the a world. copy of Brief History and Time. You're and, right. <laughs> and does that make me an expert? No, that doesn't. No, make it me doesn't. An no, it doesn't. And like that, the, the throwing spaghetti and just saying this. Did that make him an expert? No, it doesn't. The idea that bat like it, there's a meeting in the Justice League, right? We're all up in the Watchtower. Everyone's right, there, right? Go. And they're talking about crazy, weird space-time cosmic. Who's bullshit. in that conversation, Miguel? Who? It's like again. It's like so soups. Yeah. Not so much. Right, right, okay. right. So wait, wait. Superman, the fucking alien who, the alien who, maybe. John who John. lives who lives in his own super secret sanctuary hideout made from I'm gonna tell you who's that technology from hundreds of thousands t- of years. I'm gonna tell you who's in that conversation. That guy understands I'm quantum gonna, physics and I'm all I'm gonna tell rest. you who's in that conversation. Okay. The black dude with the three um, three globes. Right. Fair play. Terrific. Yeah. He's in that. Yes. Okay. Um, let's see. Mr. Here. Terrific. Quote Palmer. Unquote, the seventh most smartest man in the world or something. Ray right? Palmer. Ray Palmer. Okay. Yeah. The Possibly guy who John Jones. Yeah, again, alien scientist guy. Bruce is gonna be in the back just taking notes. No. Because he's a casual yes, that would be fine. smart guy. That's fine. And what you're describing is not what they do with Batman. And what you're describing this again with the thing with the spaghetti, they weren't they weren't solving things. They were just having a, a again, conversation. Again, Ed, no, no. Ed, what was playing in the background? You know, there is no re- what, there is no that? reason why, with the, and especially this nerdy version of Barry Allen, right? The guy that they who is in who obviously does do forensic scientists. Yeah, and but more just like he's a guy that thinks about like the quantum effect, the fact that I can time travel, all these other things. All right, yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy's reading get through and physics manuals way, for his for his enjoyment. You're saying you have a problem with Michael Keaton with the with the, spe- and by the bro- way, dry spaghetti scene where he's like, if you're well, perfect. How again? Batman is not a I solve quantum riddles character. He solves murders. He brings in serial he's killers. Not he doesn't quantum quantum issues. And just saying get theory. this: the whole movie is a whole meta commentary on Back to the Future. Right. right? Yes. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, there you go. I'm just, again, <laughs> this is, again, this is just, this is a small issue of one of the other problems with this movie, though. New podcast, Batsplaining. Batsplaining. There's just way, yeah, there's too much Batsplaining. <laughs> too much um, To the point where, where, quite frankly, like, like honestly, as cool as it was, look, I enjoyed seeing Batfleck in the beginning and yep. the whole bit with him. and and But as I was going on and on, I was going like, I don't know if we need Batman in this movie at all. Like, we could have just, like, all of these things, whatever oh, yeah, Batman contributes, 
you didn't. No, but he's the men, he's the mentor figure. Right, he's but that's but, but no, no, like, but he has a point. He has he a helps, point. It's like if but it's you the, also with like, he helps bring out. We he makes Barry believe in himself. But see, like here's the thing: you could have done the reverse. You already had a mentor character. Barry was the mentor character to himself. The traditional. We don't need Batman coming along, going like. No, but he, even older Batman no, didn't no, no. feel confident enough until he, you know, he that, won Batman. That's over. a very good point. A traditional um, outlook of the Flash is him and the Rogues. That's all you need. Right? You know, um, unfortunately, well, it's not unfortunate. I mean, he was there for character development. We got. Flashpoint time travel, a uh, uh, time travel. That's story. This, that's why he was there. Is it he was, was there an, for that, character development? But no, yeah. he was there because this was he was there in the original story. That's why he was there. He was there because Batman was in the original story and was a uh, you know played a big part in this alternate universe. Batman, an older Batman, mm. and young Barry Allen are you know teaming up. Oh. That said, was I happy to see Keaton and did he do awesome? Yes. I was happy to see Keaton, and he was awesome as Batman. It was awesome to see this alternate version of the history of what this could have been, you know? He was also the catalyst for them to try trying to turn back time for the second time. First time together. Right, yes. Too. Where yeah. we're good, because Batman dies and we can't have Batman die. Well, he had well, the well idea. that, that yeah. again is a plus for this screenplay. Yeah. That whole aspect that it all leads up to... No, there's no fixing this. Flash for all you fucked up by wanting to do this in the, in first, the first place. place. Which and original gonna, Batman warned again, right, against? Right. Exactly. And you, what you've got to do here is you have to let go. You have to let your mom die. Like that's grappling with some deep-seated stuff. And um, who who to better explain about letting uh, your mom go than Batman? Than Batman, than right? Batman having that in there because his whole life was right. you know, based and, upon that. And it works. To a degree, like I said, the emotional thread in this movie works because you get to that point of like. I think it's a good storytelling plot. Oh. And 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 tugs at all of our like. Would I do that if I had a chance to save a parent? But then I like. Yeah. No. What are you messing up? No. What they you do is they, you can't you can't have that. They do something really and I good. I love and I love any kind of fantasy, any escapism that ultimately isn't just doing that. Mm -hmm. That ultimately is mm -hmm. trying to me more. I'll give, I will give the same credit to this that like that for Wakanda Forever, which was again I didn't think worked in totality was very overstuffed, but you know that is all about loss and coming to terms. Like it, it's a, it's, a, it's think, like yeah, and I think and this is say. the same thing. And and, and a superhero you, movie that's doing that instead of just forward? being and and not just being like candy color coding, everything is good. Yeah, yeah. Life, it's like no, you you know, you especially for young in order for yeah. you to, in order for them to be able to tug at your heartstrings, they have to be able to establish the connection. The the actress who plays the mother, like there are several scenes where it's mother and young Barry. Mother and with t with the uh, an older also, Barry, yeah. like like and the the, every dynamic, single connection, yeah. every single connection that they had, it was like, oh no, there's something. This is she's just like a lot of our mothers, you know. Right, yeah. Or yeah, and um, and for her to to suffer this tragic 
ending. It's mm. like, it's horrible, you know, and you want to do, we, look, we're there with Barry. And they, keep, when he, and they keep it consistently that they make um, you understand this is, they keep bringing it up, you know, to the point where when younger Barry hears about it, it's, they're always beating the drum. This is what it was about. This was the inciting incident. This is what he's trying to stop above all other things. If he can save the rest, you know, if he can do something to improve whatever, that's fine. But I'm not going to go back on this about what my mom and ultimately having to come to terms with like, that's what it was about. And it's great. It's 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 towing the line between hero and villain because a lot of villains do things in yeah. trying to, mm. you know, save a loved one from cancer or bring someone back, like Victor Freeze and all yeah. that. Yeah, and it's but, it's Spider-Man but, power and responsibility. It's like yeah, the hero yeah. you gets can, a power to do something. Superman spinning the world, right? Yes, yeah, goes exactly. back to that. That said, let's go to <laughs> spinning globes and the spinning globes in this movie. And the and the bad CGI that's 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 enraptured. Ed, I'm just gonna say this right again. Is this sounds like a weird defense of this film because I don't, I do think someone, I don't think anyone has has to see this movie. Um, I think that at best, well, this is a standalone, right? Yes, yeah, not... but I think also at and it's not connecting to anything, as I said. And at best, even if you are a hardcore Flash fan, it's not doing the most amazing <laughs> shit with this character. Like you could not. <clears throat> You don't have to watch this film. I think it's that said, wait, it's a good watch. That said, I'm going to say this right now. If this film had not been abandoned in post-production, if they had given the money to the CG that they needed it to mm -hmm. be, it everyone would... would be talking about that sequence. Because it's Probably. DC, it's multiverse, people want to see that. It established, it would have established firmly... Oh yeah, no, the fucking Chris Reeve Superman and the the, the Seth's version, they're Nicholas out there. Cage. We can yeah, that dip, was cool. Yeah. And we can dip into those characters Even and Nick, Nick Cage, Cage and all that. We can do like again, and up to the point where that was the whole point of Clooney then showing up at the end. We are gonna multiverse is gonna be part of this and we're gonna mind that for all and you know which and is why I thing about you, this movie, like it, this movie, uh, because speculations were before this movie came out, was like this is going to wipe everything, reboot, this, reboot that. everything. No, this is it was just, establish, it, and it was just multiverse, multiverse. You you can see, and I've told you before, elsewhere. I do think that Gun is not done with these characters. I know you had an idea. You keep saying the idea that I had a long time ago, which I kept saying that when it was Cavill in that crew, and we were firmly that that's who our Justice League was, and that's what we were going to do going forward. I said. Well, then give us, we've never done, we've never seen Mirror Universe on the big screen. Like, again, in the comics, there's a thing called the Crime Syndicate. I guess I know it sounds Earth, silly, Earth but it's Earth 3. Earth 3, sorry. Earth 3. I'm about Earth, Earth 2 the is show. the, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, and they're the Crime Syndicate. And it's like, you know, it's like Ultraman instead of Superman, Owlman instead of Batman, Superwoman instead of Wonder Woman. And I thought that when it was Cavill and them as Superman and the rest, that they were going to do like, oh, no, we're going to bring Brandon Routh is going to be Ultraman. We're going to bring Clooney in as Owlman. Like, we're going to get all these. The, everyone who had played those ver those characters as versions would come as the evil versions of them. And, then and that didn't happen. And then that didn't happen, Right. right? Now, and you, you, you said, I think it's going to be the opposite of in the sense that I think it's going to be 
we're gonna see Affleck in the cowl again. We're gonna see Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, and we're gonna see Henry Cavill as Superman again. I don't know. Multiversed into whatever their thing. You will get some moment in one of the James Gunn era DC movies where it's gonna be darkest before the dawn. Oh no, our version of the Justice League is looks like they're flat. The, the Legion of Doom's got them on their back. Oh my God, it would take five Justice Leagues to stop this thing. Oh wait, here's that point. Portal opening. Here's fucking Cavill of Superman coming to help whatever their version of Superman. Here's their version of the, and like all and then everyone gets to at the end of it go. Well, great work. Good, good, good work, Superman. No, thank you, Superman. <laughs> and then everyone is happy, and James Bond Gunn makes a billion and a half dollars. You know, I think the signs were there when Warner Brothers when uh, Grant Gustin met Ezra Miller. I think the signs were there, you know. Yeah, like but remember, they, the most important part about that was that that was in a TV show, and this was laying its chip down in a movie for what they were going to do, like movie-wise. I do think that, that again. I'm. I don't think you have to see this. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world, but it it misses its opportunities. It's very. It is bloated. If you are a Flash fan, I think you can. You don't have to see it, but if you are a Flash fan. There's a lot of interesting, good stuff. Like, I could see this being a film that I'm going to definitely not the, watch from beginning to end. The action was there. But I'll there. flip through it from time to time. So uh, the stuff. two Flashes, Supergirl and Bat Keaton versus Zod and his army, army. Yeah. right? You know, um, I would have wanted a little bit more, even though the it was a it was a it's it's a fun sequence. Right. Um, but I'm like, it's still even to the same, like, that's five three metahumans and a regular human being versus like an army of like Superman, right? You know, um, and they show you the, they, sh they give you, especially a young inexperienced flash yeah, too. Right. Kind of really. Cause again, even Ezra's Ezra's not been like, Oh, I've been doing this forever as like a super bonafide superhero. It's like, I'm still pretty early in my career. So those two guys and Batman and, and a, and a, and a Supergirl who again has just got her powers as Batman well. Batman used. They're going to lose that fight and they're going to lose it again. He used and again. Bolo equipment mm. to take out two Kryptonian cruisers. Right. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, what? Wait, what just happened? You know? And, uh, and, uh, um, the way to take out Kryptonian army, a Kryptonian army is if you're impaled with shards of the Kryptonian ar uh, ar whatever that armor, yeah they they, right? they didn't explain yeah. they didn't explain that well they could have because this is the other you problem could kill them but that, that that's right, the other thing of, of of going back to Michael Keaton's everything is sprayed up because <laughs> like. There are aspects of it that's like well that doesn't make sense what they showed before but it doesn't matter because it's all timey wimey bullshit <laughs> which ultimately is my again that's my last thing. Most of this film is timey-wimey bullshit. If you don't want to watch it, uh, you know, don't. But if you are curious and you want to get something, there are some things to get out of it. Yeah. I um, think it's fun and I think they have I would good, recommend good parts, this movie. Yeah. I would recommend it over Blue Beetle by a smidge. Well, of course you would. No, 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 no. But, but in Not sense, by a smidge. But no, no, no. Because they're, no, uh, by a smidge. Because they're very similar. Overly bloated kind of abandoned in the post-production process, not going anywhere. Like, if you're invested, clap, 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 they're, happy they're, for you, but it's not going anywhere. You're not, like, it's not going to be the launching pad for anything. There are some who are willing, you know, like uh, um, they say on the John Cameron show, or I don't know who, in, who coined the phrase, winning forgives 
a lot of things, right? You know. Oh, yeah. Well, Ezra, they won this, zero. This, they, they won zero, but Ezra was so good in this, and I'm going to say this, like I said in the beginning, Ezra's so good. I want, I would have welcomed see more of this. Ezra needs to get his life in order before he can think about it. like, like this is, like. As the saying goes from Seinfeld, discovering plutonium by accident, being picked, <laughs> plucked out of relative obscurity for all of the plaudits he got for his early work as a younger actor. He still wasn't a name thing, whatever. This was took him out, gave him all of this, you know, possibility of franchises and the pressure. He crashed and burned hearts. Yeah, franchise plural. And he crashed and burned really, really hard. But this film does at least give you some of like, yeah, there's more that could be done for him. And the simple fact that this, they made him more than the sort of flighty, funny guy that he was in the previous times we had seen him, right? There, It was like, oh, you are capable of doing something a little more, a little deeper, a little more, and this character is maturing. But again, all for now, well, it's not going anywhere. I've watched him from the uh, the Fantastic Beast stuff, you know, and I, I, I like, the, I like the, the, the first film a lot. And um, and his characterization there, he's you know it's more broody. Yeah, it's, it's more, a more it's, it's a, more, different, more kind a different kind of character. Different kind of character. But even in no Just question, he's got he's got talent. Right. Yeah. But, but in Justice League, in the Snyder Cut, in yeah. like like again they so and there was tie in again going back to yeah. the tie in stuff. Notice that whole sequence that was again it was a very comic movie where whenever he's in that sort of like in between multiverse like area. And he like he looks through, he peers through like some barrier, and you can see his face coming out of reality in another moment in time. Ed, do you remember that that's exactly what he did? That's a and and universe in the Snyderverse right. stuff. Like I'm going like ah, like they were the shit's there. We made a parody of that, <laughs> starring Eric Stoltz, right? Uh, Eric Stoltz, yeah, uh, Eric Stoltz. You know our podcast partner, Eric Stoltz. He's been with the podcast from the beginning. Ed. <laughs> No, Eric Stoltz was in uh, a mask. No, 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 no. You're th you're thinking of Michael J. Fox. He was in Mask. This makes no sense. None of this makes. Let any me sense. let me guess. You're 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 a big fan of Kirk Cameron on uh, Family Ties, right? We're done. <laughs> We're done. How dare we're you? We're done. How dare you, sir? How dare you? What would we do? Cameron. What would we do without love, Miguel? Tell the only tell the Christian in the room and just. Oh my God! I'm sorry. <laughs> I know why you pick fucking Kirk Cameron, man. Don't I see? I see. Because right. uh, Willie Ames was Willie Ames. Ames. Willie Ames. No, he's the one in Mass. Well, in this universe, Bible Man is huge. <laughs> <laughs> Bible Man is the Avengers Endgame of that universe. In this universe, uh, Zapped the series, the series people. Oh yeah, the no, series. no, no, no. You mean the? Oh, you mean you mean the reboot with Grant Gustin, right? <laughs> the Zap reboot series with Grant Gustin. It's amazing, great stuff on the on 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 on, on, the, on the WC uh, on, on the WC, on the WC right? not on the, the CW. W and it's Grant Gustin like zapped and like a skirt goes up and we see. Oh yeah, no, it's right. it's amazing, man. I mean, is it as good as the 80s show? It's not as good as the 80s show. I'm not gonna go that far. <laughs> All right. Danny Masterson, we hardly knew and you. Now we, we um, I think that that is, that is all of it. Hey, thanks for listening to To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. Please check us out at www.tobecontinuedafanboypodcast.com. Thanks, Clark. Please also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and also our various platforms, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, T.
TuneIn, Spotify, and Google Podcasts.